Listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and basically, the way I make all my decisions these days is by asking myself, what would Liv Moore do? Mm. My name is Stephanie, and I'm just not doing very well. I'm not good. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very stressful and, you know, it's a difficult time. Yeah. IZombie is, is ending. I zombies ending. It's just. I mean, really, I'm. I'm seriously. What do the kids say? I'm shook. <laughs> I'm shook. I'm shooketh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have so much uh, finale to talk about. We have so much feedback to talk about, and of course, we want to. Uh, close out our podcast nicely so uh you know you're looking at the running time listener and you're going gosh but yeah yeah lots to talk well, about we can't, we can't end this without you know we want to include the the community celebrate the community mm-hmm. yeah for sure the the fandom and i think we got the most feedback we've we've ever gotten <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm sure um a little bit of news uh just want to mention for those news, yeah, not really. Uh, just information, I guess. Uh, I Zombie season five comes to U.S. Netflix on August 9th. and we were talking a couple weeks back about uh, the, um, you know, talking about DVD sales and streaming uh-huh. and stuff like that. And we got a feedback um, from JD about that. Oh, good. Uh, it's actually uh, probably a couple weeks ago at this point, but uh, I people who know more stuff than we do, I like it. <laughs> yeah, just a, for general frustration, I think somebody wrote wrote in like, "When is it coming out on DVD, Blu-ray, that kind of thing? Is it ever going to uh, come out?" Uh, uh-huh. JD writes in number one: sales started dropping with the rise of Netflix. That continues. Two. Uh. These days, it's not uncommon for there to be a D- DVD release, but nothing for Blu-ray. This is due to the cost of producing a new master. Uh, number three, to a lesser extent, it is unfortunately also becoming not uncommon for there to be no DVD release either. Uh-huh. Uh, for clearance issues, in my experience, usually mean the music was all licensed for TV use only and not media like DVDs. That said, I think this is simply a convenient excuse. Most issues of this nature had to do with movies and TV shows shot before the age of the DVD. Any contract signed after about 2010 would have taken this into account. So speculation, I see three possibilities. A, nothing more is issued. B, seasons four and five are issued as a set, not individually. Or C, seasons four and five are issued as a part of a complete series set. Uh... Robin mentioned streaming. Problems are starting to rise up with that. The CW shows are being pulled from Netflix when their run ends. So iZombie will be around for three years after that last show. It will then move to HBO Max, a new service that I, for one, have little to no interest in. (laughs) (laughs) I can say I agree. (laughs) But uh, thanks for the info. HBO Max? Yep. Uh, Aren't 
there things that aren't on HBO? I think there's going to be a lot of things on there that's not even HBO. Right, right. Well, that's that's where like all the friends and the uh, that's what basically the Warner Brothers oh, streaming was going to be. Warner Brothers. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and they just I don't know. They, yeah. They oh, and talking about there, so. music rights. The other day I was watching a movie. It was like a French film, and there was a guy dancing, and there was no no audio at all like they had to you know take the music out he's insane the rights it was so weird <laughs> so funny i guess it's something that you could play your own music track to yeah <laughs> well shall we get into the series finale all's well that ends well <laughs> with the well in the uh title twice <laughs> and wells in the uh promo image we did think that the well is going to play a, a, a major part in this. Um, mm-hmm. had, had a good had a good scene, I'd say, scene or two. Um, so I kind of uh, split this up a little bit. Really, in the uh, the first uh, couple acts, uh, we're kind of jumping back and forth between Major and between Liv and Ravi and Clive, and uh, and then Peyton. So I kind of split those into their own sections, and then once. You know, it hits the fan. Um, I kind of kept that all in chronological order. So let's start with uh, what I titled Plain Hijinks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, last week, I didn't want to get, like, too bogged down or interested or going over how long it actually freaking takes to get from the state of Washington uh-huh. to the state of Georgia. Uh-huh. Like, it, like, okay, you know, as everybody knows I'm going to Vegas. To get out of the southeast <laughs> and get over to the other side of the country is a huge freaking ordeal. Oh, God, yeah. I got, I'm, I'm going to L.A. at the end of August, and it is, uh, it's pretty much an all-day event. <laughs> yeah, all day. Uh-huh. It's like freaking... Like I'm just I'm getting I'm getting anxious and stressed out about it even you know a week away thinking about it anyway. Well, also yeah. imagine so, if you had to like if you had to sneak through a border with armed uh, U.S. Army uh, everywhere, uh, you'd have to factor that in. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's really weird that our finale, like a third of our finale, takes place on the airplane on the on the trip back from the. Yeah. Yeah, the last episode. I was thinking, I was like, are they going to be stuck on the plane this entire time? You yeah, know, sometimes like get finales it. get into like, you're like, all right, what the hell are they doing? You know, like we need to get these, our characters into action here. So I was mm-hmm. really worried they were going to be, and when that, when they, you know, at the end of the whole plane segment, when they get sidetracked, what, what looked like it was going to be a sidetrack, but more like, mm-hmm. a, we need you to get to the series finale now. <laughs> Follow yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, we thought it was going to take a lot. Oh, this has just got like expedites things. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So we are on a Tacoma uh, plane. Uh, Liv says they got through TSA after the agent stared at her ID for 30 seconds. Um, so it's funny. It's like uh, she is commenting, I think, on. I mean, thirty seconds probably is a long time when someone is. Well, at she's them. she's nervous going back because there's so many things that could happen to keep this plan from happening. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be really hard. They got out of uh, New Seattle, but getting back in is going to be hard. 
and any time you know she's just over over analyzing every little thing you know did he did he actually look at her id longer than he should have or or was it all in her mind or anyway it's just setting up that this is dangerous they could get caught there's so many things could happen and also you know Again, talking about the the stewardess and the officer at the end of this whole segment, um, what, is, are we thinking this is something to be nervous about at the beginning of the segment? And at the end of the segment, are we thinking, oh, maybe the TSA agent is much like uh, you know, like the stewardess and the officer that they're like, oh my god, this is renegade. Mm-hmm. Um, what should I do? My job, or you know what? They're they're they are forces for good. I'm moving them along. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so, so Liv's, Liv's voiceover says they were thinking basically the car, taking a car, uh, but Clive's needed to get back to, uh, Basio and, uh, Robbie needs to get the secure made. And I just, uh, I, I reflect back on, you know, yeah, they're taking a plane now, but they went, they went to Atlanta in a car. So I'm sure that took a long time too. That's a freaking week almost. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, just thinking back, uh, about our conversation with Diane, how like, you know, in her feature length version of the, uh, penultimate episode, there was a road trip and singing and <laughs> just road trip stuff, uh, which, uh, which just take yeah. place in our minds. <laughs> yeah. And you know, people who don't live in the United States, what they must think from watching television. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when they get here, they're like, Oh my God, the United States is huge. It is, you know, massive. I mean, much like the same thing as us Americans think of Europe, how like, you know, people can just be like in Spain suddenly and they were just in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) It's so close together. (laughs) It's like for us going to like Ohio or something. Yeah. Uh, oh, I so, can't wait so, for next year. <laughs> so uh, Liv is in her uh, brown curly wig still. Uh, oh, so cute. <laughs> but the woman next to her starts staring at her, thinking she's seen her face before. And I got to say, this woman is so – this actress is so good at being yeah. – like, looking like clueless but also like like dangerous, like you know, really nosy. Exactly. Like you don't know – like she looks very um, – ambiguous you don't know yeah what's going on in her head what's going on yeah her line deliveries are very surprising Mm -hmm. like she said yeah i liked i liked this whole interaction um i read in entertainment weekly that eva and evan were originally planned to be on this plane going back to uh portland i don't know why that's weird but apparently there was supposed (laughs) to be some sort of like uh you know scene between you know Liv and her family on the same plane um, so, but that got cut. I, I, our, our next podcast, our last podcast basically is going to be me talking to Rob Thomas and, uh, I definitely want to dig in to see what, what, what that scene was supposed to be. Uh-huh. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so Clive's seatmate says he took Zolpidem, uh, when the plane took off. So, uh, so he's going to be well rested when they land in Portland. It's like his, his, his deal. He, you know, so he's. Fresh for the big presentation. Um, and I looked it up. Uh, do you know what Zolpidem is? 
No, what? Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a sedative hypnotic, uh, which, uh, you know, for a second there, I thought maybe you took. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking. Uh, what is it? it? Yeah, it's a sedative hypnotic uh, that treats insomnia patients, and apparently it does. It, it's, it works fast, you know. What's it called? Zolpidem. So, yeah. Uh, I, I'd never heard of it, and I was like, oh, is this something they made up just for the... Oh, it's Ambien. Oh, is is it the same thing? Zopidem is Ambien, huh. yeah. Cool. Uh, it does work. Uh, yeah. It does knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny, because during this scene, you know, I, I'm thinking of, you know, since uh, uh, Clive is, is an action hero, I was thinking of uh, John McClane at the beginning of Die Hard talking to his uh, seatmate and how the guy is, you know, giving him a suggestion of using making fists with his toes when he gets off to, to, to fight the jet lag. Um, what? Yeah, that's the beginning of Die Hard. Make fist with his toes. Yeah, just get your bare feet on the carpet and just make fist with your toes. And when he goes back to the Nakatomi Plaza and is getting all changed and stuff, that's how he ends up barefoot in the movie is because he takes his socks and shoes off and he's making fists with his toes in the carpet when uh, Hans Gruber comes in with all all his, all his uh, cronies. I don't understand. Okay. All right. Our next, pod- <laughs> we're, we're, next podcast will be talking about Die Hard minute by minute. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, torture. <laughs> uh, Ravi is enjoying the perks. He's got his neck pillow. He's got his warm nuts. <laughs> I love when his, the stewardess offers him earbuds. He's just like, yeah, thanks. And he takes them. It doesn't yeah. look like he's going to use them. He's <laughs> just like, oh, free earbuds. Uh, so we got a, a Liv's phone and we see that it is 2.45 in the afternoon when this uh, text is taking place. I don't know. I just love looking at screens whenever they're they're showing on on there. Uh, Clive is confused how they can text on the plane. Robbie says, "Welcome to the future." Liv asks how things are, and Robbie says, "So far, so good. Warm nuts." <laughs> <laughs> and so Liv texts that her seatmate recognizes her and is signing into Wi-Fi, and she's searching the good place. She thinks I'm Kristen Bell. <laughs> and I love Robbie's. She will be sorely disappointed. <laughs> So they, yeah, they're, they're they're like, oh crap! This woman is looking into them. They're looking into Liv. We need to take care of her. So t- Clive texts he has a plan. So meanwhile, Liv is trying to convince her t- seatmate that she looks like the mom from the commercial for Pirate Pat seafood snacks. Uh, fed men tell no tales. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this oh the the. The, this this actress she she like chuckles and then her face gets serious and says no uh-huh. that's not it uh-huh. and I'm like oh <laughs> uh, so Clive gets a text from Basio I'm in labor and he just immediately screams out what <laughs> <laughs> oh that was great because even though we're on a we're sneaking around on a uh, what is it called. When you're undercover, when you're like a secret uh, mission, uh, yes, it's called something else. It's a word I can't think of because this week I can't espionage. think of words. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, clandestine uh-huh. that's the word. Oh. Clandestine, you know, the only thing that trumps the clandestine super secret mission we're on is you know, she's in labor. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I uh, can't believe you used that word on the podcast. Uh, oh, so, I know. <laughs> so Liv uh, offers to get the lady a mimosa. Likes her mimosa, wants to get one for herself. You know. Oh, God, that sounds so good. <laughs> 
So uh, next week, a week from you're gonna get a mimosa on the plane. Oh heck yeah! (laughs) Uh, So uh, yeah, Robbie slips the medicine in after the report, and a little Easter egg here. I I I did a close up here. I mean, the camera does a close up, but yeah, I, I froze it so I could read it. The crushed meds are actually in a Bone Whistles dry cleaning ticket. So uh, remember the Bone Whistles dry cleaning from uh, uh, Night in the Zombie City? Mm-hmm. So either that is a dry cleaning ticket for Clive's tux he wore in the last um, episode or mm-hmm. that's evidence <laughs> <laughs> from Night in the Zombie City. And what is Clive doing with it? <laughs> uh Anyway, so the stu- uh, it's from his touch. Yeah, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, the steward has noticed water spots and switches the glass, and Liv and Ravi are like have this panic attack trying to figure who, who, which one, which glass is the right glass. And uh, but Liv just takes a guess and hands uh, the woman the fuller glass, and the, the woman looks suspicious, and then she just like drinks it happily. So again, it's another like, oh my god, she's gonna know, <laughs> you know why why she's why is this. Why is this young girl who I'm suspicious of giving me a drink? I didn't make this drink. I should be suspicious. But then all of a sudden she's like – she's got both hands on it and raising it up to her lips like happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Clive tells Liv and Ravi that Dale was – Yeah. Kids, never drink a drink that you didn't see somebody – I mean maybe a stewardess is – I think you're – I believe you're safe if a stewardess hands you a drink that you didn't see her pour. But if some – person next to you hands you a drink that you didn't see poor don't drink it i mean i i think this is that's like the the original veronica mars uh, mission statement so that should carry through yes. all Rob thomas and really life <laughs> <laughs> so clive tells Liv and ravi that dale wasn't due for two weeks so this is why he's like freaking out and Liv promises he'll get there in time uh, the lady, however, is passed out, but the stewardess picks up the tablet from the floor and reads, and we see on the screen, um, Seattle Observer, Renegade, Human Trafficker, or Agent of Angel of Mercy. And then it says, uh, though her, th- uh, through her human smuggling operation, Renegade has saved the lives of dozens of humans faced with death. So they land in Portland and we're like, uh-oh, the stewardess is turning them in. There's a cop that comes on on board and she tells the passengers all, wait, they need they need to get people off. They're making a, a quick flight after getting off the plane. So the three look pretty worried and um, and then she comes over to get Liv out of the seat and the lady is – her seatmate's woken up. She's like, do you know who this is? And – oh, wait. Uh, it's the officer that comes over and and he says, uh, don't – we." We don't want to start a scene, and he gets Liv to follow him. But we go to the front of the cabin, and they say that Renegade helped their kid sister into Seattle and saved her life. And um, by the way, this officer is named uh, Michael Jackson, which I just don't uh, understand. She's like the steward is like, "This is my brother Michael," and we see on his uniform it says Jackson. (laughs) So I'm just like. I mean, you don't just okay. What? I mean, just just kind of generic names, I guess. Uh, Common that names. Name, that name but is put together. <laughs> you know, who knows if the writer and the set and the uh, costumer put two and two together? They may not have even realized that, it. That's but even the, on the day, like filming, going and like if that they was a genuine it's mistake. It's not important. Look, we're focusing on the wrong things. <laughs> Anyway, it is a question I have for Rob. I'm going to be asking him. Like, so, so, so why Officer Michael Jackson? I, 
What's going on? (laughs) I'm sure he will say it was an accident. It didn't matter. Uh, or maybe he's like a, he's like oh no I always I always believed him you know and uh, <laughs> you know I, I, I this is my way of you know in the political I'm allegory Michael, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan I believe in yeah that. yeah this I show don't. is a this is a, this is a show that makes a lot of political allegories and right now this is the episode where he he stands for uh, Michael Jackson <laughs> I, don't think so. I have no idea <laughs> I'm really interested in finding out that I'm sure it was an accident I bet I bet five dollars. So that's the end of uh, uh, plane journey. They they basically say he, the officer said Officer Michael Jackson says he's going to escort them to the border. So everybody's like, "Yay, yay!" We get there even faster. <laughs> they all jump cred- and it freezes in credits roll. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, this next section is called I call Major Gets the Rager. Uh, so <laughs> the chapter title is Big Box War. So we're in a Walmart slash Home Depot. And uh, Major puts a sweatshirt on right off the rack. Nobody pays attention because they're all watching TV, which is Enzo making an announcement saying, uh, you know, peace is coming. Uh, my predecessor believed in the carrot. I believe in the stick. Put down your weapons, humans. If you refuse, you're going to be executed. And those who surrender during the battle will not be executed. They'll be scratched, then starved to become Romero's that they can control. And uh, we see in front of the TV is uh, the teacher, Graham, looking angry. And calls his friend at the TV station. And we don't really know what, what he's talking about, but we'll, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Next, we go to uh, the back door of Tangential, which uh, we haven't seen this place in season one, episode seven, Maternity Live. Really? Yeah. We saw the front of the place um, where uh, Julian goes in. And Major sneaks into Julian's car. And that's where he finds brains for the first time. And he's like, What? And then, you know, the cops oh. come up and Major gets in trouble with the cops for breaking into Julian's car. Yeah, tangential. Um, so this employee com- peeks out and gives the all clear as Lieutenant Gordon Phillips exits. And then Dolly, Benny, and other dead enders shoot him with like hundreds of bullets. Uh, and uh, Benny checks their terrorist deck um, and finds that uh, Phillips is the five of clubs. Benny staples the cards to the guy's forehead, and Badali's not satisfied. She wants the high cards. Where's Renegade and Lily White? And uh, Benny wonders if they left town, and Dolly disagrees and says, tweet out her work address and flush her out. This is something I did not even, like, hold on to. I mean, I, yeah. I was listening to it, but when we got to the end of the episode, I didn't realize until my second watch that uh-huh. this, was a, this was something that Dolly did. Or was the uh-huh. cause of, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, what about the Dolly and her chicks? Yeah. What purpose did they serve? Oh. Yeah. So uh, Dolly decides their next target is the king of spades, Enzo. And so we go over to Enzo, and the chapter title is Frenchie Addressing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Enzo says Dolly is not only behind the chicks, but is now leading the dead enders. And uh, so that's that's an interesting turn, you know, since Enzo is uh, taking over Fillmore Graves and basically declared martial law, um, the dead enders who were, you know, angry and, you know, did a lot, did some hate crimes were never organized like the chicks under Dolly are now all mm-hmm. under Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> Get 
get Rob to explain why we have the dead enders and the chicks. <laughs> well, I think it's because this the chicks are the radical group and uh the dead enders are less organized and are the just redneck Yeah. idiots. Yeah. Like there's racists and then there's the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> oh. There's harmless racists. <laughs> Harm quote unquote harmless, harmless racists. Yeah. 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 This is a this is a this is a tough weekend to talk about this stuff and uh and, and uh all all the all the guns that happen in this episode is it's just like uh-huh. ugh. But uh well we'll just move through it. Um so uh Enzo uh talks to Murphy who is Dolly's son and, and he says that her, his mom will go down fighting basically. He's got like a knife in her boot. Yeah, give us all your dirt on your mom. Yeah, Matt. yeah. <laughs> Tell us about her. And uh, Enzo says 30 soldiers have been killed in the last 72 hours and each one the dead enders are tweeting about. Like Twitter is the worst, you know? <laughs> <laughs> See, people say that. My Twitter is great. Okay. <laughs> I love you all. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are, uh, yeah, well, everybody that follows the guys, zombie podcast, Twitter is uh, amazing. So uh, I will say mm-hmm. that, um, uh, now Facebook, <laughs> those people can go. Well, except for the so people follow- that, uh, follow our Facebook page and is in our Facebook yeah. group is, but I mean, Facebook, those people that all the other people. are on my Facebook, ideas. basically our families, uh, <laughs> <laughs> people that we, all the people we know in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you can go jump off a bridge. Yeah. No. Uh, so so they they flash these tweets on the on the screen. Did you did you catch any of them? <laughs> no. Well, it's all from the uh, account at Deadenders. So I, I looked that up, and that is actually an account, but it's one for like it that hasn't been updated in several years, and it was for like a student zombie film called The Deadenders. Wow. So, so yeah, that's actually out there. Uh, I wonder if they picked up any more followers since this finale. <laughs> uh, so some of the tweets are like, great way to start the day. Uh, you canceled. Uh, a, a photo of a burnt zombie saying, this zombie was lit. And how about noise? Hashtag bullseye. <laughs> Another picture of a burnt zombie. How I like my zombies. Well done. Hashtag extra crispy. <sighs> So <laughs> that's hard to see. Uh, so Enzo uh, still wants uh, Dolly taken alive. Surprisingly, um, I, I I almost wonder if like he was thinking about how Martin was saying that she'd make a good zombie. Although that's not really explained. That should be another uh, question I have. I'm gonna write. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna highlight that. Okay. I'm gonna ask. Here, we are. Here we are making making questions for Rob Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I figured, I figured as the conversation came through, we, we'd ha- I'd, I'd have more ideas for questions. But um, all right, so yeah, we have our friend Joyce here, Joyce Collins, uh, who's always been majors by major side, but she is in the 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 command room here. Yeah, but she does look conflicted, and we also see Ames, uh, who's there in face bandages. No idea where Hobbs went in all this. He's he's gone, and he's he's a guy that we were worried that maybe was working. You know, he's a fellow Viva La Chase kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the you can't do that on television guy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. gone. Well, I'm sure he had a big weekend with Shaw. So 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not interested in a fast or a furious at all. Oh, well, apparently Hobbs was. Um, and uh, yeah, our Fast and Furious podcast will be coming soon as well. No. After a Die Hard one. Or I just convince you things that I uh, that I like are are correct and in liking. Uh, <laughs> so Joyce gets a call from Major and then tells Enzo that Major wants to surrender and uh, Major wants to fight because he's been seeing Twitter too and he realizes he's he's he needs to join his fellow zombies. Enzo says, "Bring him in. He's a good fighter when motivated." You know, dot, dot, dot. So uh, Major turns himself in and Enzo tells Joyce to lock him up until he's a Romero and then give him the injection, the formula. And his service will be much easier when he no longer has a choice. And and so it's like, uh uh-oh, you know. And Joyce calls Ames and they lead Major out. Now, when when she called Ames to to come with her. Like, did you, did you kind of predict what might be happening here? I mean, I mean, when I saw her, I knew, I knew that it would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I was hoping. I knew he had to get in somehow and he would, I mean, I knew it would be successful. It's major. He's going to do it. There's there's one plot line from episode two of this season where uh, Major does the fake news thing and he pretends to execute Tater and his compadre and then they end up going Uh to work for Martin. But he did the fake news thing where, uh, you know, so so we see like people watching TV. So we see the dead enders watching the TV and going, hooray. And then, um, you know, Fillmore Graves, people watching it and, you know, also being kind of happy. Uh, but then we see major and Justin together giving, uh, Tater and his buddy, uh, uh, an injection to put him in the freezer. Joyce was not in on that. And I always wondered if like, it would come to like Joyce realizing that major had lied to her about this. But I guess maybe we could just kind of have our headcanon saying um, uh, Joyce found out and it was cool with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think it comes down to they didn't they couldn't have that many characters. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't pay that many actors. Yeah, well, Hobbs that is there part time, you know. He's a, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a temp worker. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, because because. I was thinking, who is the most likely ally of Major, uh, at, you know, at Fillmore Graves after Justin's gone? It's Joyce. So I was thinking, what would what would cause a problem for uh, Joyce's allegiance to Major? It would be finding out that she was lied to about these uh, two soldiers not being executed but being uh, frozen. So anyway, a tangent that only I care about. Uh, yep. <laughs> thank you for skipping ahead. We're back to the story. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Ames is done with humans. He was victims of a flamethrower and he starts frisking major and says, take off your shirt. Take it oh, off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody watching was like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, I gotta say, the, I know it's take off your shirt. was just like, <laughs> uh, very gratuitous. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So we've got to see. It's, it wouldn't be the CW. Well, we got to, it is, everybody's everybody loves Robert Buckley and his and his amazing chest. Uh, and uh, and we get to see it one more time. And, and, but uh, we see there's uh, electric tape or ow duct tape around his, uh, his skin. <laughs> it's going to hurt coming off there. 
but he's got like a pouch taped to his back and throwing knives taped to his six pack. And uh, Ames says Enzo's going to kill him and he's going to enjoy. And he gets shot in the head by Joyce. Uh, so Joyce says he needs to get past Spud and Diaz to get the Max Rager and then hide in a weapons crate and break out when he feels himself on the road. Which, again, it was another thing I kind of, uh, like, my eyes glazed over a little bit in the, these instructions. So when he climbs into the crate, I was like, is there a secret entrance to Max to, to Fillmore Gray's that he's going out of? Because that box seemed really, really small. It was a cooler, wasn't it? Yeah. And also, like... Like, thank goodness nobody uh, nobody latched it before they put it on whatever yeah. truck they were. I mean, like the the crate was not on a truck; it was it was in a closet. So Joyce had to know that this crate was going to be loaded into a truck in uh, soon enough. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief. Here we go. Right <laughs> there it is. Um. So yeah, I love it. Major gets into the room wearing Ames's face bandages and then just. Freaking throwing knife into uh, Spud and Diaz's skulls. And we see the pouches used to carry Max Rager's. So, um, but unfortunately, you know, Joyce doesn't escape. It would be nice if Joyce left too, but I guess since Major had to wait for this crate to be loaded into the truck, Joyce missing as well would raise some uh, huge alarms. So, uh-huh. Joyce, uh, Gets shot in the head. Oh, well. Collateral damage. Sorry, Joyce. I mean, thank you for your service, but Mm -hmm. sorry. Remember when we did the dust in the wind stuff during season five? If we did that for this episode, it would be, uh, it would just be (sighs) twice as long. (laughs) So many people die. And then, (laughs) then again, some people, so so many people, so many people's deaths uh, are not, uh, uh, as long as it's Permanent. not our main characters. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our next, my next chapter title I have here is called, I just wrote Beauty and the Beast because basically it is. Um, uh, their chapter title is Dress to Kill. Uh, so we are in Angus's mansion. We we haven't been here. I, I, I think we were here before when like Blaine was getting the will and Frau Bader was there and all mm-hmm. that. Um but uh, the well is on the McDonough uh, estate, so that's is why we're near the well. Um, so Donnie gives uh, Peyton a walkie-talkie and a dress. It says, call when you put the dress on. Blaine has a Beauty and the Beast fetish. <laughs> um, <laughs> Donnie asks the kidnapped kids if they know the words to be our guest and cackles. Uh Peyton says to tell Blaine to go to hell and Donnie says if she wants to survive she should play along and that's when all of a sudden Becca one of the Freilich kids starts to have a nosebleed yeah you knew it was coming because like these Freilich kids have got to die they're they're like living on borrowed time they Mm -hmm. can just drop dead any moment so you know it wasn't surprising that somebody in this episode died But, but really did she did she really die? Nope. Okay. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> think she, she didn't necessarily have to die. She was just a distraction. Uh, Isabel had some nosebleeds before um, death came, but um, she, she was that, you know, when she was pretending to die left and right in that one episode. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it, we do sadly remember Isabel when we see this, this 
the Becca girl that we don't know, uh, bleeding mm-hmm. from the nose. Uh, next chapter title is A State of Disunion. Uh, Donnie tells Blaine how frightened and offended Peyton was, and Blaine's like, oh, I can work with frightened. And Bubba comes out with chlorine pellets for the well, which he says, uh, yeah, Blaine says, uh, it smells like a corpse was dropped in there. And then he's like, Donnie, did you? <laughs> and Blaine, Donnie's like, no. So that's interesting because why does the well smell? Uh, I guess maybe these chlorine pellets are a reason to get people near the well. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to that? <laughs> well, it, well uh, the, his dad's in there. No, he's not. He's not? Uh, I mean, especially if... I mean, my first theory was maybe Blaine got his father... His father was shot at the front lines at the end of season oh. four by the U.S. Army. Oh, oh that's right. He, he okay. led the charge and was shot in the street and Blaine saw it on video and then closed the laptop. Remember that? And... Um, but I had a theory. I was like, well, maybe Blaine somehow got a hold of his father's corpse and was, you know, in just like this morbid way mm-hmm. of closing the door on his father rather than bury him, just dropped him back in the well again. Like, F mm-hmm. you, you get back in that well. You should have stayed in there. Um, but Blaine uh, – Ask Donnie about, like, if he put a body in there, why does it smell like a corpse? Like, he should know this. Unless he's just, like, purposely forgot about it. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of questions. Peyton radios and says, you know, Blaine, I'm ready. And uh, Blaine says, never underestimate fight, uh, fright. It's a solid motivator. So he goes downstairs stairs, and we see Becca on the f- floor. Um and Peyton says she's dead, and we see that she used that beautiful white dress to help soak up all the blood. Uh, and Blaine is not surprised, and one kid behind him, uh, I think it's Jalen, uh, yells that uh, he can't have her. And when Blaine is distracted, Becca suddenly jumps up. She's not dead, and reveals that uh, she's hiding the heavy end of a pool stick, which Peyton uses to clobber Blaine. And then, uh, then Blaine's down, Peyton's yells the kids to run, tosses Oliver the keys, grabs Blaine's gun, and outside the kids are already in the van, ready to go. Peyton runs out, Bubba yells her name, Peyton, <laughs> and then shoots her in the back of the shoulder. She falls, then turns and shoots him in the shoulder, and then Bubba falls and just starts firing wildly, and one of those shots hits Peyton in the center of the chest. Mm-hmm. Boom. The kids drive off and Blaine stumbles out and goes to Peyton. And if you notice, his breath is coming out in, in plumes. And a couple episodes, a couple of scenes in this episode where they're outside, the breath is really noticeable. And that's because they pretty much shot like around uh, the end of September. Uh, mm. This episode in Vancouver. So. <laughs> so it's like a brisk. It's chilly. Vancouver. Yeah. Fall chilly day. Mm. Well, it's December. It's not fall. Um, hmm? it's, just, it's December. It's not fall. You said you said September. No. Oh, did I? Oh, okay. Play back December. the tape, people. <laughs> <laughs> December. Yeah. 
because actually so I, it really was freaking cold yeah almost the arctic up there i mean i'm in I, I i visited in october and they were filming the scratch maker and filleted the rest which was like halfway through the season uh-huh. um and also i you know again anybody who loves i zombies should follow the instagram five years behind the brains there is uh you know speaking of diehard there's a photo of them sh- shooting the scene where Robbie is in the cdc talking to a previous flame and the camera operator is seriously wearing a santa hat and a sweater that says uh now i have a machine gun ho 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 uh-huh. <laughs> so i was i figured they were probably shooting this around christmas time uh-huh. so or unless they shot that episode around Christmas time and came back for January, but I'm assuming they let them all out on, you know, at Christmas break. But all right, so uh, so Clive and so oh God, I'm just talking about nonsense. Well, we should be talking about how did you feel when Peyton got shot? Uh, well, Diane was right. Peyton is who we should be worried about. Oh God, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I, they kept saying, Di- Diane just gave you a spoiler. Alert. She <laughs> told you on it. She just said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I think she was trying to say, like, we were we shouldn't be really worried about Major as much. Mm-hmm. Um, me, personally, I was thinking that Peyton was going to die. I was thinking oh, yeah. of those promo shots too. and seeing how angry Lib was and how angry Robbie was in the promo, uh, mm-hmm. the commercial. Peyton, I, I figured Peyton was going to die. And, yeah, uh, so... Go ahead. I was just say when it when it happened, like I was live tweeting and I was like, I don't even know what to tweet now. I oh. I was so kind of upset, you know, because yeah. And then the next thing is a shock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> well, I was thinking of that, and and yeah, if you go look at our Twitter, I mean, if if you care, that uh, you know, listeners. Uh, when I live tweeted, I was like, I'm hoping something's going to happen, but I don't want to hold my hopes up that it's going to happen because I just assumed like, you know, on TV, when someone's shot in the middle of the chest, they're on the ground, their eyes are open and they have that blank stare, you know, that means dead to me, <laughs> you know, um, Era. like if she was on the ground bleeding to death. And Blaine ran to her side. I was like, I'd be like, oh, okay, she's going to get scratched. He's going to scratch her. But I was worried. I wasn't sure. <laughs> it's one of the first fake outs here. Uh, yeah, because, okay, with our with our people, our people, you know, live, they have to, like, debate. There's a moral debate going on. Should I scratch? Yeah. You know, it's a tough decision. With Blaine, oh, he probably, he was like, oh, Ding 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 ding! Win win. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll put her on a, a, a steady brain diet. I'll control her this this way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's mine. She's mine. <clears throat> uh, so meanwhile, Clive, Liv, and Robbie arrive at the hub, and Clive can't wait anymore and takes off running and just tears down the street. <laughs> I I again just thinking too much about the episode. I was like, okay, so how did they get there? Why didn't they take whatever car that they got to get there? Unless Officer Jackson literally drove them through the border and dropped them off at the little entrance to the tunnel to the hub. Anyway, <laughs> it's like I was like, why did Clive even go to the hub in the first place? Why didn't he go straight to the hospital? Mm. Anyway, uh, so Robbie and Liv look around for Peyton and the kids, and they see the warning light that someone's coming through the tunnel, and they grab baseball bats and through the wardrobe come the zombie kids. 
Um, Robbie asks where Peyton and the Freilich kids are, and Jalen says the Freilich kids didn't want to go to the hub. They didn't think it was safe. And I was thinking, yeah, they're probably tired of being kidnapped at this point. (laughs) We're just used as pawns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the kids finally saw Ravi and Liv. Like, it's so frustrating. Like, there is some major information that needs to happen. And they're just like, oh, uh, and uh, so Blaine and this ugly bald dude uh, (laughs) took us and, you know, like, get to the important information. Peyton has been shot and they need to know this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they finally get to it and Ravi, oh God, Val Coley, uh, this moment is just starts shaking and gets so angry and he says he's going to kill all of them. And Liv says that he can't, he has to meet Major, Major at the morgue to make the cure. Everybody in the Seattle is counting on him. She'll go and find Blaine and Donnie and they'll get no mercy from her. And then Another part I kind of glazed over when um, I was originally watching this because I was wasn't as concerned about this as I was about you know Peyton especially. Um, Pippi <laughs> asks, uh, "What happens when they get the cure?" Liv says, "Well, they'll be they'll be cured." And Annie's yeah. like, "Annie's like, what about Oliver? He's terminal. If he gets the cure, you know, where do zombies like him go? What will happen to our family?" So I guess this posits the the theory that it makes it. Um, clear that in this show, if a person that's terminal gets scratched, if they get the cure, they're just back to being terminal again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, weird. I I I never thought of that. Um, yeah. So so Clive, meanwhile, is tearing through the hospital. Did you, did you see when he came through the front entrance that he that he uh, fractured the glass? That he put his hand on? Yes. Oh, he did? <laughs> he fractured the sugar. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Bazio Babino, Bazio Babino, Bazio Babino. <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, Bazano, Bazano. <laughs> uh, but, you know, trying not to do too much fan service there. Um, Bazio, uh, meanwhile, is holding off on pushing until Clive runs in and Oh, they say they love each other, and that's I just wrote sniff down because it's so so sweet, you know. Okay, baby's gross, but seeing Clive hold that baby mm. was the most precious thing in this whole series. Yeah, <laughs> so sweet. Anyway, proceed. I was surprised they didn't name it Robin or Steph, um, <laughs> because apparently they need to. Uh, we we. I mean, you at least got a uh, a girl that got flung off uh, by Ravi (laughs) named after you. Uh, Not that it really was named after you, but, uh, you know. Maybe the character of the singer Rob Thomas was uh, named after me. Um. (laughs) Oh, I thought, no, I thought he was Rob Thomas. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the real Rob Thomas. I was just kidding. Yeah, but I know, I thought he was Rob Thomas. Yeah. Okay. The singer. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, you skipped ahead. She hasn't delivered yet. They go push, and then I love this whole as they're going to break. Uh, Clive is, you know, Bazia screaming, and then Clive starts screaming along with her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next chapter is uh, Cure Welcome, 
And we're at the morgue and Ravi is just fighting the tears to work on the cure. Major comes in asking where Liv is and Ravi says she went to Blames. I killed Peyton. And they, they hug. And this is another like, oh my god. So sad, you know? Um, so see Ravi cry. And uh, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, I, I love, again, just the friendship between Ravi and Major that's been built up over the series that they're oh, this close yeah. that it's just like they're going to hug, you know? And uh, Ravi then tells how Blaine had kidnapped the kids and Peyton had rescued them and uh, starts kind of breaking down again. And I love how Major goes in for another hug and Ravi's like, no, get away. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, I can't, I got to, I got to steal myself. I got to get this cure made. So Major gives him the Max Rager. And uh, Robbie says, it'll take some time to make the cures. And Major says, we'll just need one. Hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Um, What's the plan? Hmm. Meanwhile, Blaine is uh, enjoying Bubba's brain. And suddenly we see that he's eating with a zombified Peyton. Mm. Can I say she looks even hotter as a zombie? I, I just, yeah, uh, she's, pre- she's pretty hot. Dang. I don't know if it's like just the more makeup zombie makeup thing or that white streak in her hair kind of looks. Yeah. You know, the like dangerous. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Blaine calls for more wine, and Donnie hobbles up like Igor. And then Bub- that's cute. Yeah. Bubba's watch goes off, and oh, it's time to shock the well again. So uh, Blaine looks at Peyton and frowns because you know she's just definitely not warming up to him. You know, uh, so then that's it for he, he's yeah, frustrated. Well, now, now she's like resentful. Yeah. Because just like everybody else, Blaine has, and just like Don E will reference, like he he has to force people to be around him, right? Ugh. And also, he's got her chained to a heavyweight, and is like, keep an oh, eye on the old ball and chain. chain. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, Blaine leaves, and then Peyton has a vision, and. Uh, she first says Blaine is smothering a girl with a pillow and Donnie says, oh, we have all have our hobbies, which, you know, it's like at this point, I understand there's people that um, that really like warmed up to Donnie um, this season with the Darcy stuff. But mm-hmm. in the end, he does not care about people being murdered. You know, I mean, the people he cares about being murdered, are the people he cares about, like uh, like Darcy and, and, and Tanner. Um, yeah, but he does not care about other people that Blaine is. He doesn't mind associating himself with that, right? Uh, are you saying that it kind of makes him a hypocrite? It does make him a hypocrite, but it's also like I, I, I think that you know, if you're going to hate Blaine, you should hate Donnie as well. I, I think they both. Uh, oh, are evil. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like it's funny because you know you you have a definitely an evil person and. You know, there are definitely some shows where you watch and you go, I, this person is evil, yet I'm rooting for them as well because I want to want them to take care of the eviler person. So I guess it's okay in that regard, but still, like this episode kind of – like he's just happily uh, – Complicit. Yeah, complicit with uh, the kidnapping and the, the, the you know, the potential murder like, of these it's kids. It's like, say, Congress. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> like you're a member of Congress. And you're like aiding and abetting, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, like how responsible should you be held? Yes. Anyway. And uh, 
you know, just make sure everybody votes their respective uh, Donnies out of office uh, <laughs> next election. <laughs> uh, so Peyton continues in her wedding dress, her wedding dress, her vision, which is about the wedding dress. The girl was wearing a wedding dress. She was calling out for you. And mm-hmm. that's when Donnie And you know, serious. we were, yeah, we were waiting for that to happen. The other shoe to drop. Yeah. For Donnie to find out just how evil. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying. It's okay when Blaine is murdering other people, yep. but when he murders your people, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how dare he? So don't feel bad for dying for people. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. whatever. There's no honor among the murderers. I don't criminals, know. I also immorals, like uh, amoral people. Mm-hmm. I like you know just Peyton sitting at that table, saying, and she's speaking. the one that caused. Caused it to all go down. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just saying, like her sitting at the table and her like talking about what's in her vision. Like I see this. I see it. Like it made me think of her as like a, a like a medium or something, you know, or a palm mm-hmm. reader, you know. <laughs> like I'm looking into my crystal ball and I see. Uh, so we go to the well, <laughs> as <laughs> which is actually a writer terminology as well, right? <laughs> We're going back to the well, okay. <laughs> Uh, and Blaine is talking to his dad and I gotta say, you know, on Twitter, this is very confusing to some people. Like they were thinking, oh, Angus is still alive at the bottom of the well. I mean, we, we clearly saw him killed, uh, at the mm. end of season four. And yeah, again, I was like, did he throw his father's body in the well? But then why would he ask Donnie if he threw a body in the well? It, 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 it's confusing. Um, so, uh, Blaine says, "Does this, you know?" And I just want to sit back and just kind of really analyze his last speech because this is this is it. This is it for Blaine. He says, uh, "So he says, um, Angus's problem was that he believed in big ideas, not money or pleasure." And Blaine says that you know life is short. You got to get what you can while you can, because someone might kill you unexpectedly. And Blaine says it's okay because he filled his life with wine, women, and song. At least he wasn't bored. He'd rather be dead than, and that's when Donnie pushes him in. So I, I think this is a really good final monologue for Blaine. I, I wish we had more. I wish we had a confrontation between him and Liv. I mean, I think a lot of people agree about that. Um, but as for his own, it's like own, his own personal monologue. Like he's, he's trying to convince himself that the choices he made were right for him. And he's mad that even chained up that Peyton can't still be his. Um, and you know, he might even just kind of like think about the end of his life coming, you know, like he's dug himself in so deep the the, his chances for wealth have escaped him. He can't keep the girl. He's done something terrible to betray his best friend by, uh, murdering his fiance. But also he's, he, he did it because he was, he was betrayed by his best friend. Uh, about the business, the brain business. So I think he feels very alone in the world, but is trying to convince himself of like, like he, he did what he did because that's what he wanted to do. And you shouldn't ever avoid um, going after the things you want. You know, don't, don't be, don't be so idealistic. Be, you can be selfish and live a happy life. And this is just trying to convince himself that him being so selfish is, uh, is, uh, Something that he's he's happy he did, 
You know, he does has no hashtag no regrets. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh, what did you think about um, his his final um, monologue? His his final uh, feelings? Not that. Not I didn't. Not that deeply. <laughs> not that long. I didn't spend too much time on it. That's okay. But no, it's just a, you know, a mustache twirling villain last monologue. Okay. It is so weird. Like he is sitting at the well. And he is talking to his dad, who isn't in the well, as far as we know. Um, but maybe the well is kind of like, you know, representation I, of it's like a gravestone for his father. Uh huh. Like it's sitting in the cemetery talking to a gravestone. Um, you know, a father who um, definitely didn't have his approval, um, and uh, embraced him in the end, but still like. Disappoint. He disappointed when he didn't charge into battle with him. So I, you know, uh, I don't know. Some deep stuff. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, Donnie runs out and just pushes him. Boom! Right into the well and uh, mid sentence. It's so. And it, yeah, his of course his sentence is at least I wasn't bored. I'd rather be dead than. <laughs> <laughs> and then Donnie screams at the wall. You were saying, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, gosh, it's so it's so abrupt. And as much as I, you know, can dig in and analyze, you know, Blaine's final mon- monologue, I really feel like like I, I wanted more. I wanted more. I, I say that. Yeah. There's the one thing that really disappointed me about this episode is I wanted a bigger confrontation between Blaine and Liv. Yeah, I mean, it was a cutesy end for Blaine, mm-hmm. a clever end for him, but an unsatisfying and anticlimactic end. And it didn't help that it was spoiled because, you know, yeah. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put it all together and figure it out. Oh, gosh, yeah, right around the time, I think it was like the week before Killer Queen came out, we saw the first promo images of this episode. And, you know, listeners, if you didn't see them, uh, there were a picture of Blaine sitting at the well, a picture of Donnie um, standing on top of the well, looking <laughs> looking off screen, and then a stand-up image of uh, Liv storming towards the well with a rock in her hand, angry. Yeah, it's like, we're not idiots. <laughs> you know what you're doing here. Uh, yeah, I, I think that gave away a little bit much. Um, uh-huh. uh, so yeah, like, like, like we said, uh, so Donnie does his speech saying like, "No one was ever going to love you, not Peyton, not your dad." And he said, "I was the only person that could stand you, and you killed my fiance." And uh, uh, so you know, it's sad. It's like you know, he he. He tried, he's, he stuck by Blaine, you know, until he just turned into the big, uh, b- biggest asshole. And, uh, um, that's when he cut him out. Um, but this is when, uh, Liv runs up and Donnie is like, not today, Liv, and then tries to shoot her, but she hits him with a huge rock, which sends him hurtling <laughs> down the wall. Well, and she bells into the well, enjoy eternity together. So, which is. It was foreshadowed in the last episode oh, when yeah. Ravi uh, Ravi tells Blaine, you know, when 
Blaine is trying to like aggravate Ravi at the bar, and Ravi's like, you know, all I know is you two are going to end up together forever. Yeah, for all eternity. So it was cute. Yeah, uh, from uh, our our friend Tim uh, sent this along. Um, this is from Tumblr, the rocktheholygrail.tumblr.com. They made a funny little gif of, um, you know, a series of gifs. And it was, the first one is Basio saying, you boys are headed for a fall. And then a, a gif of Donnie pushing Blaine into the well. Ah. And then what you're saying, and you're probably going to spend the rest of your life with him. And then we see uh, Donnie getting knocked into the well. <laughs> now, <laughs> so, see, that's, I like that. That's clever. Yeah, Cute. yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is from TV Line. Rob Thomas says uh, about Blaine and Donnie's fates, you know, and I hope to get into more of this with them. Uh, that was a subject of great debate. I'm pretty thrilled with how that goes down because Liv does get to actually put almost the worst stake in Blaine's heart. She has just forced him to spend eternity with Donnie. The two of them hate each other. So that's his punishment. And it's funny because so many of these seasons, we had gone back and forth about Blaine's got to be defeated somehow. He can't triumph in the end. So how does he get defeated? What would we be happy with? Like shot in the head. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> a random accident. Uh, uh, you know, just kill. Who would who would we see killing him? And then, okay, so if not killing him, uh, imprisonment. We can't really imprison him because he could scratch people and make more zombies. But what if he was cured and put in prison? What if he was, you know? So this is interesting. Where he is, this his punishment is going to be spending eternity with Donnie, and obviously. Without brains down there, they're going to s- slowly devolve and turn into Romero's and just be uh-huh. like, you know, like floating there, uh, dumbly, you know, <laughs> and yeah. just forever until they whatever decay in that water. I don't know how deep that well is. I kind of wanted to see uh, like something going on, a scene at the bottom of the well or something, but we only see from like the, the well's perspective up, up. Yeah, it's left up to your imagination. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is, this is a, a pretty good ending because it doesn't, it's not, you know, we don't have Blaine's death on Liv's conscience. You know, she didn't actually murder him. Um, but we, she's kind of put him into a prison that he can't break out of. Um, so as far as we know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I, th- again, this is a, this is like a, a huge moment though for Liv. Like she, I love how she, we take a moment. We, she's sobbing at the well and like, this is the end. Like this feud has been going on for years. This Blaine has caused so much horrible shit to happen in her life. You know, from, from, you know, Lowell to, um, well, Lowell. And, <laughs> and I get stuck there. Lowell is Lowell. enough. <laughs> I mean, that should be enough right there. <laughs> But, you know, and of course, you know, murdering all those runaway kids, you know, just these these discussions about like, well, does Blaine deserve some redemption? Can he can he redeem himself from anything? And it's like, no, he murdered a ton of runaway kids. And they really doubled down on that when he is like getting these frail kids now and kidnapping them and, you know, and smothering uh, Darcy. But um, so so. uh so yeah, she's she's crying, you know, like they're finally gone, but also, you know, she's too late. She lost Peyton. 
and uh, and we get from behind her. We hear this line: "How funny would it be if now I knocked you in?" <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which is just hilarious uh, because it's just been like like a domino effect. You know, Donnie into Blaine, uh, Liv into Donnie, and then Peyton into Liv. Uh, and uh, she, Liv turns and sees Peyton, and she she says she would have come sooner if it wasn't for this ball and chain. Um, and they hug, and there's this beautiful song um, called "Hold On to Me" by, by uh, Mondo Cosmo. Uh, it will probably be on our iZombie playlist eventually when I update that. But uh, it's good. It's a good tr- like a huge like pop you know music swell you know, and all those emotions, and you're just like. Just so happy that these two friends are are back together and everything's okay with Peyton. And how happy Liv must feel that she didn't lose her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yay! <laughs> so now we go to KCEW, where Ravi and Major are talking to Johnny Frost. When which I was glad to see him one last time. Uh, there's many of like these characters that I'm like, uh. Uh, you know, like, like uh, you, you see him there in the season, like uh, Jimmy the Sketch Artist or uh, Vampire Steve, and you're like, okay, is this the last time I'm going to see them? <laughs> but so, but Johnny Frost gets a gets a role in the finale here, as he usually does as the newscaster. Um, they want him to take the cure on camera. Major says he can't because you know Robbie says that Major can't because uh, uh, people. Hate him and wouldn't believe it because of a political agenda. So they kind of debate back and forth about. Okay, so um, yeah, it was really weird. I was like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, what is the plan? What? Well, they want somebody to take the cure on camera so people see that the cure works. To to get across to as many people as possible that this is quick and easy and problem solved and stop the stop fighting. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. You know, again, this talking about our current political situation, Johnny says that if he did it, you know, half his viewers still wouldn't believe it. Fake news. Mm. And Major and Ravi talk about, okay, maybe we can do the blood, blood pressure, fakeable, uh, ghost pepper, uh, fakeable. And, uh, we, we, by the way, we noticed Graham coming in with a water delivery in the background and, uh, uh, Major says we can cut you open on camera. You'll bleed like only humans bleed. Which to me, I'm like, what? <laughs> What's this one? What's this new rule that we came up with? <laughs> I thought, you know, obviously zombies. You know, in the first episode of My Zombie, uh, Ravi patches up a hole in uh, Liv's chest that went through her heart. Um. So, but like I, I guess. Uh, Humans bleed more? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, stage manager comes in, says Enzo's taking over his airtime, and, and it's like, oh, well, boys, you know. And uh, Ravi wonders, what, the, what, what are they going to do? And Major says, I have no idea. So we get to the uh, chapter title, Battle Station. And Major is finishing a voicemail for Liv, saying, I've always loved you, and I always will. And bye. And uh, Ravi says, this is a terrible idea. I was still hands of syringe to Major, and Major sadly smiles. So we go to Johnny, starting the news, and he sees Enzo come in, and he bravely tells the public that an inexpensive cure for the zombie virus has been perfected and will be available within the next few weeks, and Enzo has Johnny hauled off. And uh, 
we cut to uh, Clive and Dale and Baby No. <laughs> and uh, so cute. But uh, they're both like alarmed. They're like, okay, they did it. They, they, they made the cure. But, you know, something's bad is going on because the TV cuts off. And uh, Enzo says Johnny is getting the guillotine and Johnny hopes it's before he writes his next alimony check. Hey, Oh, <laughs> just like, <laughs> seriously, even if he wrote his next alimony check and it paid his ex-wife, it wouldn't matter. Cause he's not going to spend the money cause he should be dead. I mean, I guess that's a joke that doesn't need to be explained, but, uh, all right, so the dead ender is attack. Enzo orders the soldiers out. Tells Murphy he's got to be be the aggressor. And so Murphy and his squad head out and charge the dead enders. And there's a human there. He says, "Not till we see the reds of their eyes." And <laughs> Murphy's men uh, run right into a flamethrower. And uh, so Enzo is on the air. Flamethrowers are popular right now. Yeah. <laughs> where, uh, where are they popular as? Also, oh, that's okay. Never mind. Oh. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, damn you! I I already know what you're talking about. Uh, okay. <laughs> so there's flamethrowers. Okay. Uh, Enzo is on the air. Safe passage out of Seattle for infos on the whereabouts of Mister Lilywhite, and then Major steps out like the big hero, and he asks why Enzo doesn't want people to know about the cure. And Enzo says, there's no such thing. And Major says, he has it. He'll take it. And Enzo can shoot him, but not in the head. If he survives, Enzo can still guillotine him. But if he dies, uh, the cure worked. So uh, Major says, uh, cures have cost millions of dollars before. Why would he spend millions to take it on live TV and get murdered? And so he's just kind of pointing out that he's like, this is a this is a cheap cure. This is a, a cure that can be mass produced, you know. So, um, yeah, they say that many times. An inexpensive cure, inexpensive cure, something that everybody can afford. It's right, you know, like insulin. Yeah, <laughs> is insulin very expensive? Oh, you know, it's getting very expensive. Uh-huh. Some of it is okay. Regular insulin that I have to go get for Sadie. Mm-hmm. Is twenty five dollars at Walmart? Twenty five, forty dollars. Anyway, it's it's reasonable, it's affordable. But some people's insulin's getting very high, and you know, when you're paying out a lot for your premium anyway. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but it Go ahead. It, it it is. It's like a, it kind of. But I feel like that this is a. Uh, it's commenting on her healthcare situation for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Major turns to the cameras and tells people to put down their weapons. Zombieism is a disease that can be wiped out like smallpox or malaria. And then he says, watch. And he injects himself. And by the way, I noted on the second viewing, um, mm-hmm. I've watched this three times already, uh, that Major realizes it doesn't work right before Enzo shoots him. Like you see, he injects himself and he just kind of looks down. He's like, what? You know? Um, Ah, because Robbie He gave him the switch, Max Rager, yeah. The switcheroo. So he got some bubbly Max Rager and it's just to me probably felt like <laughs> wired. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, so uh Enzo's eyes go red and he shoots and I counted. 
Major got shot 19 times by Enzo. I know. Major gets shot a lot here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many bullets he's gotten in him so far, but he got a, he got a couple last episode. He got 19 in, in this, and then he gets a couple more uh, towards the end of this episode. So mm-hmm. he's, he's he's probably coughing him up at this point. Uh, Enzo tells Major, get up, zombie. And then he aims for the head to finally to finish him off, and Ravi charges him. And Enzo gets on top of him and starts just punching Ravi in the face. Ravi takes five jaw shots here. Ouch. But he starts laughing. Hysterically, and Enzo wonders what's funny. And Robbie says, The head of Fillmore Graves isn't a zombie anymore, and shows them the syringe. Where's your red eyes and where's your super strength? Shouldn't I be dead by now? And then Robbie just starts laughing hysterically again, and Enzo just starts punching him. But that's when he gets shot by Graham and says, that Yeah, that's for Steven. His yeah, guy. okay. If Enzo was a zombie, his, he would have the super strength and he would just destroy. Ravi, but he's just a man. Yeah, I mean, he's he probably hits hard. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably that's a tickle. Yeah. It probably hurts. Yeah, but it's but. not like he's not like breaking his jar or his teeth. You know, he's not smashing his head in as much as he might be if he was a zombie. All right. Um. And then Graham. Yeah. Then a soldier just steps out and just destroys Graham. It's like, to me, I'm like, like it's Graham's death. And there's a later death where I'm just like, damn, guys, what the heck? <laughs> it's like, just, and you're dead. <laughs> and, you know, just waiting for Peyton to step out from behind the camera with a gun and look at the soldier and be like, wouldn't it be funny if I shot you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Outside, Dolly and Benny run to the flamethrower and find uh, Murphy, her son, uh, horrifically burned, begging for her help. And she takes a moment and then she shoots him in the head and then tells Benny, we're going to kill them all. And that's really the last we see of Dolly and Benny. Oh, and we should also say goodbye to Enzo, too. You know, as much as, you know, you know, I saw a lot of hate for this character and. Uh, online, but Johnny you know, Tracy is so, was so nice, and uh, I don't know. They, yes, I got the feeling that that's what he was alluding to—that he, you know, gets some negativity. Yeah, but that's crazy. That's crazy. That means the character is working. If you hate him, so like, that's crazy that you would feel that you would say that that you would say that you. <laughs> you, you hate know, something I, and then I, I is it just not working? I, you know, I, I, I think it's. I, think, I can't express what I mean, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you should be saying that. That is an a great character. I, you know, the whole story is working. The the acting is working. The character is working. If I hate this character so much, uh, like why is. Wh- I just don't understand people. Like, it's not real life. Yeah. It's, it's it's not real life. It's a story. It's weird. It's like, I think we're all trained to, like, really be invested in sort of like a big bad. I don't even think this season had a big bad. The big bad was, There's like, a lot of big bad. The big bad was, like, the radicalization of people to, you know, just mm-hmm. the, 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 how horrible, uh, uh, you know, racism and xenophobia can be, um, you know, big thing, big issues like that. Not just like 
Martin, who's got this uh, robotic head or something, <laughs> you know, or, or it's, I mean, and I think, I think a lot of people's uh, uh, biggest problems with Enzo was uh, the, the accent, the, just how he was introduced and how it was kind of like a, a funny thing. And then all of a sudden, like in this season, he is now less of a, a joke and more, you know, more ser- a, a serious character, but he still got that, you know, and they, they, put in like funny things for him to say in his accent um so they can't exactly take him very seriously uh, so that's what people say i mean i i think so i mean i i've read i've read some opinions about you know like all this like the, they they talk about like the you know with the this, the the character with a you know silly accent you know with, i can't even take it seriously that kind of thing you know i, I read a lot of little you know, I get lost in the comment that's, section sometimes. That's and, terrible. Yeah. He's great. He's a great character. Ugh. I don't know. People are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was good. I mean, um, it was a good uh, – I, I liked showing his, you know, growing frustration with uh, Major and he was like this uh, opposing force whereas Martin is like almost like a, a like a stranger to the rest of the, the cast besides Liv. You know, and it would have been weird if he was – in charge of everything in the end. Uh, Enzo, it's a bit more, um, more personal, I guess more. I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I guess I definitely would have preferred if like it just, I don't know, Blaine was the big bad, but I think this is like, if you're, if you're reaching, you're reaching for something that was in season one or season two, we needed something they wanted it to go uh, political allegory and they wanted to make it uh, more of a statement on what's going on today. And I think that's admirable. You know, and if you want something like a, you know, a monster at the end of the, uh, at the end of the season, you might want to search in the first couple of seasons, you know, whereas this one is more of a, like a lot of bad guys are in the season, you know, <laughs> uh, different factions. But anyway, uh, I should continue. Um, <sighs> Liv is at the morgue and she's looking for Major and Ravi and gets a call from Clive and Clive asks her if she's been watching a TV. She says she hasn't. What's been happening? And Liv, uh, you know, Clive starts to explain to her, but then we kind of go into Liv listening to her voicemail and crying on the couch in Ravi's office. Uh, and Yeah, she's like fetal position almost. Yeah. And he says he's about to do something stupid. But he makes all his decisions now, asking himself, what would Livmore do? And he says, whatever happens, know this. It's always been you. I always loved you, and I always will. Take care of yourself. Um, so we see back in the studio, you know, like, so, you know, like Liv's crying. And then we go back to the studio, and we see Ravi crawling to Major. And Major is laying there, and we think he's dead. And all of a sudden, he's like, says, you tricky son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Ravi admits it was Max Rager in the syringe. And, Major, and Major's like, you just had to be the hero. And Ravi, of course, feeling his jaws, like, next time it's all yours. <laughs> so Liv listens to Major saying that he's always loved her. And, uh, and you know, and all of a sudden, we, we have Michelle coming into the morgue. And asking Liv where Clive is. Clive's been missing for a couple days. Uh, and so someone enters the morgue and we don't see. And she's like, who are you? You know, you're not supposed to be down here. And then an explosion happens. And what were you thinking when that happened? And of course it goes to commercials. <laughs> what were you thinking? 
I mean, I knew it was like the dead ender slash the chicks. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I figured. It was just like this faceless. Because they had said, they tweeted out her work address. Yeah. But like I said, I, I, I glazed over that. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about that later in the episode. Well, I was thinking about that. They have a bounty on their head that uh-huh. all of them do. Yeah. They have the cards. Yeah. To me, I thought Blaine's ending was a little anticlimactic and maybe there was going to be more to that. And it came Um, like halfway through the episode. So I was like, maybe Blaine somehow got out of the well and was like, you know, maybe there's a twist. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to F her shit up, you know, (laughs) and just like throws a grenade into the morgue as like a, I'm here uh, to, to kill you, you know? And, uh, just kind of announcing his entrance and then it goes to commercials and throughout the commercials. I'm like, what's happening? What happened? Um, so, so yeah, I thought it was Blaine returning, but it wasn't, um, no we'll get uh, explanation. I here. figured it was just over. I'm going to come back from the commercials and we had a credit says 10 years later. And we're at the San Francisco Police Department. What? And and we follow an officer through the office and he goes up to a door that says Captain Basio Babineau. (laughs) And (laughs) nobody answers. Then he goes to another door that says Captain Babineau. And he knocks and it's it's our two captains, Clive and Dale, having a laugh together. Clive is looking a little salt and peppery. Basio has her hair up. That was co-captains. Co-captains, yeah. Uh, and we, you know, I'm so glad to see that they're fine. They're, they're still going strong, you know, and they, they, you know, they love each other. They, and, but they're also like, you know, characters that really had fun with each other when they first met. And it's good to see that 10 years into their marriage and, you know, the two kids that were taken care of, we find out, um, they're still happy and jokey and flirty, you know? So, uh, you know, uh, uh, that that's pretty much kind of it for hashtag Bosno, and I I just wanted to say that you know I love that relationship. Um, and uh, Bosio goes to join the officer about some sort of overtime pay, and Clive says, and, and then she tells Clive to have fun on his virtual cast and don't say anything I wouldn't say. And Clive says, kind of a low bar, isn't it? <laughs> and Bosio's like, oh, like <laughs> you got me, and uh, then leaves and bye, Bosio, we love you. <laughs> We love you, Bazio. Oh, I really gotta get back into the 100 because I'm I'm gonna miss Jessica Harmon, and I know she's you know she's got a, a, a good role on that show. I, I I I've seen. I don't know. I think I watched up to the point when she was first inter- introduced, and then I kind of fell off. I lost track of the show. But um, yeah, let's check it out. Well, I will see her at Dragon Con. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't we see her? But. She was like across the way or something. Didn't we see her in the autograph room? Did we? I thought we did, but we didn't actually go up to her. Like, what were we thinking? What was wrong with us? Maybe we just saw her booth and she wasn't there. Probably so. Like we missed her time. I feel like we would... We would have gone right up to her. Or all we were thinking about was Tom Welling, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So Clive is in his office and he puts on... Uh, these goggles, this Oculus Rift kind of thing. And okay, uh, what do you? Well, well, uh, hmm. what, what do you think about virtual reality? 
you know, wasn't virtual reality a thing like 20 years ago? <laughs> uh, I like the idea that, uh, you know, I think they, they kind of simplify it here in the future. You know, you put on the goggles and, you know, you're suddenly able to control in another, yourself here in another yeah. place. Whereas, you know, our kind of virtual reality, we put those same kind of goggles on and we'd be moving around in our room, you know, trying not to run into like the coffee table <laughs> while <laughs> navigating some sort of game or something like that. So luckily they don't have some sort of like bio thing where you have to plug it into the back of your head like you go to the Matrix. They have um, advanced technology enough where you just put the goggles on and be in another world and not be moving around at all. Um, kind of like a black mirror thing, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, this is interesting. And I, I have a quote from Rob Thomas. This is from TV line. Um, he says, I, I kept wanting to do something that gave more perspective, which required a jump forward in time. And then how could we let them go their separate ways? And yet, get them all together in a room talking about it. I think that's how we got there was needing to tell an epilogue in an interesting way. It was, it was very interesting. It was very, um, this was different. This was, uh, not expected. Right. And it kind of keeps, uh, keeps you, keeps it up in the air of like, is Liv dead? Where, where did Liv mm -hmm. go? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, I gotta say the one thing that I wish we had more time for though, before we flash forward, was uh, Ravi and Peyton's reunion because Ravi, like we never get to see like Ravi finding out that Peyton's alive, and uh, that that's sad to me because you know it, it is a powerful moment in the episode when Ravi thinks that she's dead and has to fight through the tears and you know almost sacrifice himself in order to you know save Seattle. Yeah, thinking and that, that he's yeah, lost everything. Yeah, that's why it was you know them calling him. Mr. Dr. Kiergood. Dr. Kiergood. <laughs> you know, and he, spoil, you know, skipping ahead, he becomes head of the CDC. Mm -hmm. That's why it makes that work that he would, because of his sacrifice of his own needs and desires and wants to, uh, to, to get the cure created. Mm -hmm. So that makes it more special. But I don't know, his, his reunion with Peyton that's a that's an a you know it's better in your probably better in your imagination kind of thing. I don't know. I wanted swelling music and I wanted crying. Um, I wanted hugging. I wanted and I wanted to see a wedding. I wanted a double wedding, like cut to double wedding, major and Liv well, together. To Ravi to and Peyton. Minor comes years. down the aisle with the ring on his back. He had rings on his back, you know. <laughs> but uh, just to know, in ten years they're still together. Is she? You know, moved across the country to be with him for him, and she yeah. still, you know, has her career, career, career and yeah. Uh, that's right. good enough. Uh, I, I guess I got to say, not for me. I, I I wanted more. We should have been a ninety-minute finale, and uh, and uh, they should have put well, all the scenes in there that I wanted. There should have been a lot more of a lot more things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so we're in a white room. Um, which reminds me of Angel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Matrix, but uh, yeah, Angel as well. Uh, you can see like a <laughs> – it was like a, a black uh, um, panther walking mm -hmm. through. The, yep. Um, so Robbie, 
very dashing in his grayish hair and beard. Mm-hmm. Perfectly salt and peppered in. Um, Clive shows up and Ravi says, it's been too long. How are the kids? And Clive uh, throws it to the screen and we see um, their child, Olivia, um, playing basketball with uh, Michelle's child, Jacob, and says that Michelle's second cousin is trying to get custody, might need a lawyer. So, yeah, I kind of skip past this kind of cruel killing Michelle like that. Just shows up out of nowhere and to, just to get murdered. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, I guess we always, like, assume that Clive and Basio would end up helping with this kid. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, I don't know. I thought they'd all be living together. <laughs> not, well, with Michelle, kinda... <laughs> not with Michelle getting murdered. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but it just helped show the uh, direness of the situation. Mm-hmm. That she died. She was, she was, you know, she was expendable. Yeah. I just thought it was so, it was kind of as cruel as uh, just somebody stepping out of nowhere and blowing away Graham, you know? Uh, uh, just, it was sad. Um, but yeah. I guess we had to have some permanent deaths in this finale. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're talking about lawyer and, you know, I might need a lawyer. And then Peyton pops in and Peyton, uh, Ten years is done barely, like, done, as far as I can see, nothing to pay. Well. No gray. Uh, she's looking great. I mean, she's, okay, she's always pretty. Mm-hmm. But they've changed her, you know, they straightened out her hair. and Yeah. Uh, maybe they, she's not, I don't want to say she's not as pretty. But she's not, <laughs> she looks very different here than. Than we usually see her. Maybe hmm. she. Maybe did they. There's a difference. Maybe some, I'm not looking hard enough. Did they like age up her eyes or something? I didn't yeah. look very closely. I don't know. But I hate that outfit. I hate those boots and I hate her hair straight. <laughs> I just think she looks so much prettier the way we, you know. I didn't notice show. the outfit, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hated it. I hated it. I hated those boots. Oh. Uh, so she says the job is great. Ravi is Ravi. <laughs> And then she says, which is to say great. (laughs) (laughs) So then Byron DeCeci shows up and thanks them for being there and introduces his show, America the Virtual. And I've got some uh, stuff from articles about this. Okay. So Rob Thomas says a TV line about Chris Lowell, who plays Byron DeCeci, of course. His name has come up many times. Chris and Rose are friends and even starred in a little indie movie together. Um, uh, It's Brightest Star, by the way, if anybody's looking for it. Uh, We're all big Chris Lowell fans, so it's been a matter of time. It took us all the way until the final episode. Here's a fun piece of trivia. We called Lowell, uh, Liv's season one boyfriend, uh, Lowell, because initially we wanted Chris Lowell for that part. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, In Entertainment Weekly. I mean, it's it's great that... I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But you know what I mean. I I mean, I guess you could tell me off the podcast. Is this a Veronica yeah. Mars spoiler? Yeah. Can you can, can you say how long it will take you to tell the Veronica Mars spoiler? I mean, not long at all. Like 30 seconds? Skip ahead like 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Right. If you don't want to be spoiled on Veronica Mars. Starting now. Go ahead. Okay, I'm just saying, it was nice that we got to see Chris Lowell when we didn't get to see him on Veronica Mars. It's like, 
hey, everybody else is getting a phone call. Why aren't I getting a phone call? <laughs> yeah. oh, well, we do want you. We'll, you know, we want you for this, but not, just not Veronica. You have to go to Vancouver, but not not San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just nice to, that we did actually get seen. Well, okay. I will, um, you know, skipping ahead, I'm going to be spoiling the Veronica Mars movie uh, here. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, I mean, that, that, t- that was like five years ago. But in Entertainment Weekly, uh, they say Chris Lowell previously played a well-known and respected podcast host before in the Veronica Mars movie as the adult version of Piz working in NPR. And the and they say the similarities between Piz and Byron can't be denied, and for good reason. And here they have a quote from Rob Thomas. It's very much intentional. I will confess that, and I do believe I told Chris this, I went to Dax Shepard first because Dax is doing such an incredible podcast, uh, Armchair. Oh, it is a Excellent podcast. Armchair expert, yeah. Mm-hmm. That I thought it would be great to have a real podcaster in the role. But Dax was already booked with stuff. So then I thought, well, who would be podcasting now? I somehow worked my way back to Piz. I just so want, this uh, is a – a, see, I didn't realize it was a podcast. Yeah. It's, I thought it was a television show. It's a virtual podcast. So in 10 years, it will be – Yeah, we're going to be doing this stuff in the virtual completely reality. Completely different. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I – Okay. I just want to go in back to virtual. Uh, in my virtual reality, can I look how I want to look? I guess so. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you can even wear Peyton's outfit. Um, oh no! <laughs> I just want to go back to Rob Thomas's quote. I went to Dax Shepard first because Dax is doing such an incredible podcast that I thought it would be great to have a real podcaster in that role. And I'm just saying. This was, your last, this was your last chance, guys, at iZombie, to put us on the show. And we're honest, we're, we're uh, upset. Uh, we're, we can, just cannot believe that, you know, this is probably only the last episode of iZombie that we review because we're so offended. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're done with this show. We quit. Duh. I also want to make another note here. Thank God it wasn't Chris Hardwick. <laughs> if Chris Hardwick showed up in this version, I would have been like, no, no. Uh, anyway, so uh, Byron DeCeci, played by Chris Lowell, does the uh, iZombie after show here. Uh, <laughs> so he's talking about the 10th anniversary of Battle for Seattle. And uh, the war ended when an affordable cure for zombieism was created and introduces uh, our three characters. He calls Robbie Dr. Kiergood and to Peyton's dismay. And uh, Byron brings us up to speed. Clive is in the San Francisco PD with Dale. Peyton is in Atlanta, D- is in Atlanta DA. Uh, Robbie writes books, does speaking engagements, but is still working at the head of C- CDC. And Robbie makes himself out to be look, oh, ever so humble. But Peyton says he just feeds off the adulation of young researchers. And then Robbie jokes, I like the power as well. <laughs> yeah, well, when, they, when he calls him, you know, what is it, Dr. Cure? Cure good, yeah. Dr. Cure good. They say they're, that's, they, keep, they keep that in the boudoir. <laughs> that's right. So again, this is also great. Just like just like um, the co-captains scene, this is another, this is a great, like, um, comment on how their relationship is going, where 
I think they're still jokey and still having fun, but uh, you know, every once in a while, Peyton's just like, "Oh my god, this guy!" Stuck <laughs> in this guy for so long. Insufferable. Um. So, um, they go on talking about the, how the war ended when Enzo got the cure, um, and not all zombies took the cure. But since there was no threat, threat uh, brain donations continued, and also sick and dying people migrated. Um, to get um, turned zombie, um, and they said that Seattle was rebuilt, rebranded, and repopulated. And so uh, Byron wonders why they all left, and Clive says they needed a clean slate. And then Byron starts talking about Liv, who was killed. We find out by a suicide bomber, and he says, "Rumor is she lived." And Clive says the entire police department collapsed into the morgue. They dug and dug, but did not find her. And Robbie says, even if she survived the blast, she'd be a Romero uh, being buried that long. And Peyton continues and says, they accepted Liv's death, but Major didn't. And we see a flashback of Major and the orphans returning to the hub and Major sitting down at the table and he starts to cry. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Byron talks now about Dolly potentially being alive and Clive says, Oh, she is, uh, the dead, dead enders have a deck of cards. There's 12 zombies left. We see another flashback of major and the orphans on the side of the street as they're, I don't know, they're walking to the rubble or walking from the rubble. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's like, they're always on the run. I just got the idea. They're always on the run. Right. And, uh, they're always hiding from Dolly and Dolly's people. And going back and forth between the safe house and digging through the rubble. Yeah, and there's a drive-by. And Major gets shot two more times. <laughs> as, as he's trying to protect the kids. Yeah. Uh, Byron says that Major has been seen either. Could he have gone underground or maybe he was killed? And, and Ravi pleads ignorance. Uh, but Byron pushes and says, like, live sightings are everywhere. And Ravi makes, like, an Elvis joke. And Peyton says, this is what happens when you're a legend. People want to believe you are capable of the impossible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clive says he wishes it, were true, it was true, but Liv is gone. And um, with that, we go to a, one last flashback. It's so funny to have flashbacks in the flash forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we see Major and the Orphans come back from searching the rubble. And Liv is there. And they kiss. And we're happy. Lives alive And I'm wondering like did she escape through the back door Into the alley is that what happened <laughs> Somehow pushed her, Pulled herself out of there Who knows, Who knows? It, it doesn't matter Doesn't matter. <laughs> She's safe <laughs> I was like okay so the couch She was on the couch I was in the Oh my god Robin oh, <laughs> The window shattered How long oh, did it take for the god. police department to fall into the uh, uh, Byron asks what they would say To them you know, if they were alive and uh, they say that they love them and they better look them up. And then we go to a seaside house and we see kids playing and they run at the house. It's these, it's the orphans, you know, the ones that were scratched. They were zombies. Um, I just want to say here, the fr- the last thing we heard of the Freyla kids were like, we're not coming back to the hub. <laughs> There's no way. So I'm assuming yeah. they just all died. Yeah. That was a big hole left. I mean, because there's they get scared, they can't turn them into zombies, so there's no way to save them. 
I was expecting you know, there's so much with the, the Freilich syndrome stuff that Robbie was going to accidentally discover a cure for Freilich's disease, but that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-mm. So it's just dropped. They just die off camera. Yeah, <laughs> but brain donations. I mean, <laughs> but it's you know this that uh, who was the boy that had the terminal disease? It was Oliver. a Freilich. Oliver. See, Oliver. This helps explain. And also, Dolly being after living and major helps explain why they're there on Zombie Island. Yeah, still zombies. They didn't take the cure. They're hiding. They're happy. They have the their family. And like this whole season, the the big theme of the season was family. And for it to end like this was perfect. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's but it's too it, it, you know. It, I mean, you know, at, at first you're like, okay, well, you know, this family they are with these orphans that we don't really know very much about, but I guess we're happy for them. They didn't really kind of spend too much time with Major and Liz. Yeah, they didn't the de- develop the, the characters, rela- the relationships. Very well, but, you know, yeah. yeah, they get their introductions, and that's how I know their names. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah. Then we kind of zoom in on Liv and Major sitting together, um, and they're cuddling, and we notice, A, uh, they have goggles sitting next to them, but most importantly, B, they're wearing wedding rings. Yay! (laughs) Oh, I didn't notice that. Yep. Yep. And according to Rob Thomas's interview with TV Line, uh, he says, it was always the plan. We haven't wavered on that. We wanted to see them get their happy ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I need, you know... Yes, I wanted to see them together happy, and I wanted there to be a happy ending. But this show, it just needed a happy ending. I think it's why the finale was so um, weird to me. Uh, Unsatisfying. I mean, I don't want to say unsatisfying because it was satisfying. It was just um, the tone because this is such an upbeat, funny show but the series the series finale had to be drama it had right. to be to have the stakes and to to uh have the dire situations that they were in it it had to be it had to have that tone and um you know so the happy ending was it's, it's what the show needed it had to be it had to have ended on a, you know, with everybody having a happy ending. Now, it would be better if all of our characters were together, but they could the sh- they couldn't have done that. There's no way that they could have done that. And uh, I, you would definitely get some people just kind of standing around in the background, going, "What do we do?" And like, yeah, so I mean, I feel like Peyton and Robbie and Clive and Bazio, they do meet up just like this little VR. Mm-hmm. Exchange. I feel like um, they do continue to have relationships after this. Yeah. But they. But there's no way the show could have made them all like live happily ever after together as our the characters that we know and love and want to see together. Let me just finish this last scene, and you can continue with that thought. Um, so Byron, thanks. Robbie, Peyton, and Clive, and then leaves. And then Clive muses that it's been 
you know, it's been 10 years, 10 years. Wow. You know, and yeah, major... they've become good actors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, major pops in and says, and I haven't aged a day. And Peyton says, neither do your jokes, but you say them all the time. And major says, because they're gold, baby. I mean, this, that whole exchange speaks to me. Uh, uh, yeah. Major is, major is the best. Um, Liv asks how it went. And it seems that Clive, Peyton, and Robbie occasionally have to do this, you know, get on like a podcast or a news thing. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, like something huge like 9-11, uh, mm-hmm. that this is memorialized every year. Yeah. Or, or, or it's, you know, in uh, a lot of people's lives that this is something that comes up that people, the anniversary that it's uncomfortable, it's it's sad, it's happy, both, it's. It's, you know, those conflicting emotions about it. But I love, much as I loved how, like, the beginning of the season show, like, all five of them play a powerful role in Seattle. I love that at the end of it all, like, they're they're all five of them are, are legends, you know, and uh, still, like, you know, well-respected people. Um, you know, of course, Living Major are thought to be dead, but still legends. You know, I'm sure books were written about them, you know, and the battle for Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. Movies even <laughs> with bad, bad actors playing them. <laughs> uh, uh, Robbie uh, marvels at Major and says, it's like you're preserved in amber. <laughs> and Peyton says they're jealous. And Clive says, I'm not. I still look good. <laughs> Uh, but he says he still misses his partner And Liv says vice versa And Liv and Major say If they move to Zombie Island They could see each other every day And they could even stop them From this aging problem they have And Liv says all it takes is a scratch And uh-huh. uh, Peyton and Robbie look at each other And Peyton says okay And then Clive laughs And we look at Liv's cute Impish smile as we fade to Credits um, so Peyton says, okay. <sighs> okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't believe that, that Clive would make that decision for his family, you know, right there. Uh, would you like to know what Rob Thomas says? Yeah. Uh, a TV line. He said, uh, quote, if you were to ask me, I think there would be like a 10 minute follow up conversation where Robbie says, we have really important jobs we're doing. My gut, my gut is that it's a fun thing for them to entertain for ten minutes, and then cool mm-hmm. minds prevail. Right. So, exactly. I'd love to imagine uh, them all being together and living on Zombie Island, and just being scratched and being immortal zombies forever. Um, but I mean, I have to imagine um, Zombie Island. Um, if they're if they're implying Zombie Island is the place where all the zombies go and that's where they're going to stay, and but they also imply that sick and dying people have been flocking to it, so it's going to be eventually overpopulated. So it, I, I don't know. I know. See, that's what when you know all of this came up with Oliver that he can't be cured because then he will die and right. then like live remains a zombie. It's like unless everybody is cured. Zombieism is still a problem. Well, I think overpopulation is a problem because imagine if you were like on your deathbed and all all I have to do is get to Zombie Island and they'll scratch me and I will live forever. And then like nobody dies. Like if you were going to die, I'm sure there would be a section of humanity where it would be like, I am human. 
I consider zombie life and eating brains uh, appalling to me and abhorrent and not natural and ungodly even <laughs> and uh, would would refuse to uh, live forever. But I would say like at least 50 percent of the population would be like, scratch me. I don't want to die. Yeah. And that's an in immense that overpopulation. Over, over in that self-preservation uh, anxiety moment. Yeah. And well, I guess I suppose if we have virtual reality, that means that all humans that were scratched can just uh, be put in a little chamber and put into you know a warehouse and just live in virtual reality forever, and that solves the overpopulation. And uh, yeah, the uh, the end of the show is even more dark than it appeared. (laughs) (laughs) It has so much for that happy ending. (laughs) This is old man pushing a cart with this chamber that says Dr. Ravi Chakravarti on the side. It's just like going to this giant warehouse, like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. (laughs) Uh, The last quote I have from TV line is Rob Thomas talking about the ending. And he says, I wanted them to be happy. Rob, uh, Veronica Mars is noir. I zombies not. I don't expect that we're going to see more I zombies in my lifetime. So let's go out with a big happy. So that's yeah. uh, that's how he feels on ending the show. He's, uh, he doesn't expect there to be more. You know? No, it's done. And uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, it's funny they you know for not wanting people to have hope in more, they sure leave some open threads here with doubt. I mean, gosh. More than anything, I wanted to see Dolly Durkins murdered or sent to prison at the end of this show, you know? Uh, and they don't give us that. They say she's out there. She's in. She's out there hunting zombies. And Major mm-hmm. and Liv seem to be on the run or or in more like in hiding on Zombie Island. But eventually, you know, if Dolly is a threat, she might track them down. Yeah. Yeah, just like I said, as long as zombieism... You know, it's still uh, one person has it. It's still a threat to humankind. But it's not because uh, there's a cure. There's a cheap and effective cure. So if somebody accidentally gets scratched and turns into a zombie, they could just take the yeah. cure and be done with it. True. True. I and people and there's still enough people doing brain donations that you know it's not like they're. Gonna get oh, humanity is gonna get overrun and zombies are gonna eat their brains. Now uh-huh. again, population, uh, you know, not wanting to die, uh, you know, or being terminally ill goes to Zombie Island, gets scratched, turns into a zombie. Eventually, zombies are gonna outnumber the humans, <laughs> right? Okay, but this is just too heavy. It's just it's over. It ended. It's a happy ending. The end. All right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna shake shake all that off. I'm gonna shake all that off. But you know that's what we've been doing for the last five years. It's theorizing, coming up with the how the science works, how 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 the world would work with this. And uh, uh, you know it, it's a little shaky, but I, I've got, it's been so much fun. So. All right, so now that we've been recapping the uh, podcast, or recapping the episode for nearly two hours, let's get into our feedback, huh? Okay. <laughs> Here are some thoughts from the users of TV Time, where you can find our podcast streaming under the iZombie section. And we definitely want to thank TV Time for, uh, for all the support. Um, the Charizard King says, Major's almost death nearly gave me a heart attack. Peyton, too. Yeah, so many heart attacks during this episode. <laughs> Melly Gordon says, that was beautiful. Devastated to see it gone. What am I going to do without this cast? Ash Worthingen 
says, oh my God, my heart, I will miss this show. Janala says, I just cried for a solid 45 minutes while watching this. What a fantastic way to end such an incredible show. Definitely going to miss this one. And Lightstar78 says, yay, Liv, you put good deeds out into the world and they come back tenfold. Um, let's see. Uh, I did get one comment from Twitter that I wanted to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Crystal. She says, I think my only complaint was that it felt rushed in some parts because they tried to get everything in and wrap everything up, which I'm actually really thankful for. I can say this is my favorite show finale ever. It was a gift for the fans, particularly the last few minutes. So that's – thank you, Crystal. We don't usually do comments on Twitter, but um, I thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, all right. So, so many emails. <laughs> Folks, you want me to do Facebook? In. Oh, you want to do Facebook first? Yeah, I do. Hey, do Cameron me a favor. Says- do me a favor and not like read all the uh, sub – like there, there are conversations that happen here. I just don't want to – we have we only have so much time. Uh, yeah. Mainly – Everybody is talking about how they're crying yeah. and upset, dreading the ending and uh, please, Rob, don't break our hearts. Uh, yeah, this uh, is a little before the finale aired. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> uh, okay. Nikki says, it's a Christmas miracle. Everyone more or less got what they deserve. Thanks to Rob Thomas for not destroying us. <laughs> <laughs> Frank says, I can see Rob Thomas and all the other writers sitting at a table and Rob asks, okay, so how do we tug at every viewer's heartstrings on, in one finale? I got it. Let's pretend to kill almost every important, all the important characters, but revile, uh, revive them, <laughs> rev- revive them to still be alive later on. I want, I went from being so sad that they uh, k- killed Peyton to just a few minutes later thinking, I can see myself marrying a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is the uh, super Peyton fan, of course. Uh, this is another great <laughs> this is another great finale from Robin. Even though I'm saddened that it's over, I'm glad CW allowed Rob to tell the full story he wanted to tell. I still will never forgive the CW for canceling Hellcats after one season. <laughs> I know, Hellcats was great. I miss it. You know, some days I just sit around and I think, you know, Hellcats was a great show. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh, Nutty says, uh, oh, she sent in audio feedback, but forgot we'll to say to that. that I love that Donnie got to find out how awful Blaine is. Blaine got pushed in by Donnie and that both of them end the way they did. It's more than poetic. Yeah. Uh, James says, it was brought up recently. Why try to spread the virus full of, uh, via zombie hookers? The reason for this is to be spread uh, this should be to spread the disease faster than it can be contained random scratches would be very localized uh, on my other on the other hand horny convention goers from all over the country would spread the disease much more widely making containment virtually impossible the implication is that the onset of zombieism from men zombieism from sex is slightly slower especially for men than direct blind blood contact from a scratch okay a plot line that was completely abandoned <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> well but still we still need answers uh let's see jeff left his feedback yep. it's a shame uh when you follow the cast and i spoiled i get spoiled oh spoiled things are spoiled for you on instagram but yeah. overall the 
the, uh, he comments on he it loves in the, the funnel. Uh, in his voicemail, yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, 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 uh, he, he sh- also shared the uh, article that I referred to during our recap. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and that's it for the Facebook feedback. I definitely want to thank all our group members in Facebook for uh, uh, being a part of our community. And, uh, you know, not going to close the group down anytime soon. I, I, I don't. I don't see myself closing the group down any, anytime. Really, I'd love for people to still enjoy the podcast and they're, as they're discovering the series on uh, on Netflix and uh, <laughs> HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so let's get to our emails. Where do you want to start? Uh, I've already taken care of that first JD email. Uh, Madison sent one in from. Uh, last week, which I saved because it's kind of like a, a nice one to us. Um, Madison says, Hi, Steph and Robin. I'm sending this email to say farewell as iZombie and your podcast come to an end. I've never sent feedback, mm-hmm. but I've listened to all your podcast episodes and I'm so grateful for your dedication to us fans. A little about me. I had a brain tumor and several strokes a few years ago in my early tw- 20s. Maybe I was drawn to iZombie because of all the brain talk? <laughs> one result of my... In- illness is that I have less energy and spend more time at home. Luckily, I have had iZombie, Steph, and Robin to keep me company as I've adjusted to my new abilities. The two of you have made me giggle every week and think about iZombie in new ways. I've loved hearing your excitement about the show, and you've taught me how to be a proud nerd about the things I love. Thank you for giving giving so much time to this podcast. I've gotten so much out of it, and I know that other listeners have too. Hopefully, Rob Thomas will start another show soon, and we can do this all over again. You're listening for Portland, Oregon, Madison. Madison, uh, our hearts swell reading. Yeah. I mean, we make you giggle. That's, I mean, that has made my month. (laughs) Thank you so much, Madison. And, uh, yeah. Appreciate yeah. It. Oh, yeah. We're we're fans of anything any of these people do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about I get into Tim's? Uh, I can I can read a lot of these emails. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Do you want me to read Tim's? Go ahead. Go ahead. Read Tim's. Okay. We'll school kind of Tim. Oh, I can't wait. Tim. Cannot wait. <laughs> hey, Robin and Steph. Well. How are we feeling? Still processing myself, so I don't want to shoot my mouth off with a lengthy instant reaction. (laughs) I also don't want to ruin anyone's good time by pointing out criticisms I have. That here, that, okay, hold on. That here are a a few lingering questions and plot threads I wonder about. But I'll save them for your eventual interview with Rob Thomas. To see if he can provide answers or clear up things. First things first. For me, obviously, Blaine and Donnie. Their resolution felt a little rushed to me. I didn't hate it. It just seemed like that subplot was shortchanged given how much else was packed into the finale. It would have been nice if this episode was somehow a two-parter, yes. And after Mm -hmm. all the grand-scale big-picture stuff took place, we... Closed with a more intimate confrontation. I agree. I, agree. Yeah. I would have loved more for more between yeah, living. If, if we had our our you know desires, it would have been bigger. But it was you know like we said, it was clever. It was cute. Yep. All right. Tim says 
in terms of closure, we didn't really get any for them. I would it, it would have been nice if Donnie had, had lain at gunpoint and actually laid into him to his face instead of shouting down the well. But alas, I mean, I think it was a great uh, uh, Hodge. What's his name? Bryce Hodgson's. Yeah. Bryce Hodge. Bryce Hodgson. Yep. Bryce Hodgson performance. It was a good showcase for him. I mean, it was. It, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so Tim says, my question is, can they totally get out for a, a zombie movie set? Can they totally get out? For an iZombie movie set <laughs> you in get the out. 10 years. I was just yelling back at Tim. My question is this. <laughs> Can they totally get out for an iZombie movie set in the 10-year flash forward? Yes. Unlike Angus, neither of them were weighed down or had their limbs restrained. Oh, can they get out? Oh, get said. out of the well. Can, oh. can Blaine and Donnie get out? Ah, Yes. They also won't go crazy like Angus, given how much they have each other for company. But they will without brains go. Yeah, the the, the starvation would definitely get to them. Will but go Romero. If they got out before they starved. Maybe they can work together eventually to get out and settle things on the outside. Emperor's New Groove It. I don't get that reference. Yeah, stand the, back, I, I stand think. back to back, loop their arms, squat, walk up the sides of the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, okay, could work. Yeah. that could work. Yeah, well, since they have each other, they could argue, fight, get over their hard feelings, and then work together to get out to. Yeah, I can see, I see what he's saying. Okay. <laughs> or maybe instead of leaving them to go Romero, live, call the cops, those who weren't blown up, <laughs> and had them fished out, cured, and jailed. Maybe they're in, a, maybe they're cellmates. Yeah, maybe they're cured. I got your I got your eyes on movie right here. Do you remember a character named Mr. Boss? <laughs> Mr. Boss uh fishes them out and they uh go into crime together and yeah. Further further crime together. Further crime together. All right, Tim says, P.S. Congrats to you both for finishing this journey. It's been a ride. Thank you both for the insight and entertainment you've given the fandom all these years. Though we may have had different tastes at times as to what we enjoyed, what we have liked to see on the show, I have nothing but respect for you both. I enjoy, I enjoy, that's not, that's not the word enjoy. I remember finding the show towards uh, the end of the year long hiatus between seasons two and three and found it so surreal having listened to Robin years ago on the Starkville House of L and Media Junkyard podcast. Ages I've, ago. I've, I've said it before, but it was great to meet you last year. It amuses me that for all my emailing to the show and the circumstances of our meeting had nothing to do with that zombie. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah, for for the listeners, I met uh, Tim at a Medieval Times uh, for an event about Brian Austin Green. So uh, definitely nothing to do with Ice Zombie. <laughs> but uh, it was very good to meet Tim. It was very good to meet you. And I am jealous that I didn't get to meet Tim. Also, just to clear up, uh, to clear all – also, just to clear it all up, since this is my last chance – while in fiction we may sometimes be tempted to root for the cool and fun villains, murdering homeless children is never acceptable. <laughs> Even someone who loses their memory and is a whole new person, be it for good or even a few days. 
they're still responsible in real life. I don't care how handsome and charismatic they are. Send their ass to jail. Murder is bad. <laughs> he does have a follow-up, so I want to. Okay, here's Tim's next email. A three-sentence email because I just thought of a pun. Hey, Robin and Steph, an addendum to my last email. Blaine had a lavish lifestyle, so maybe he has one of those waterproof phones. Maybe he could call one of his old booty calls to fish him out in exchange for a monetary reward. This could work if only he had cell service. Or should I say, well service? I'll show myself out of your inbox. (laughs) hey Tim, always entertaining. (laughs) Again, I think uh, I think it's perfectly feasible to uh, to think that maybe uh, maybe Mr. Boss uh, gets them out of there. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, there's lots of yeah. I'm just thinking anybody who actually options. knows Blaine and has been involved with him and Donny Donny. I don't I don't know. Do you want to read Tia's? Tia says, first of, <laughs> first of all, sobbing, my two questions are, and if you can only pick one, that's fine, but did Blaine and Donnie's conclusion feel a little rushed, and did we miss out on not having Peyton be a zombie earlier in the series? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, as we've said, yeah, it was a little rushed. Yeah. It could have been better. But I like that I like that Peyton became a zombie at all. That, that she did? Everybody's, yeah, that she oh. did. Eventually, no. I think I think if it had been earlier, it would have been too much. Like everybody's a zombie. Everybody's a zombie. Everybody except Clive's a zombie. So yeah, I like that. At least we did get to see her be a zombie for one scene, two scenes. Yeah, that was great. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. I I liked. I don't know. She acted a little differently. It was uh, that, like I said, that uh, that fortune teller medium thing that she was doing with Donnie, and uh, it's just the look. I don't know. She looked hotter. <laughs> so, uh, all right. This next one's from Efrex. Ah, uh, Efrex. By, by the way, thank you, Tia. Uh, it, you've been an uh, awesome uh, support to us as well. So um, thank you so much uh, for emailing one more time. Um, this is from another great supporter of our podcast, Efrex. I don't think we've gone – have we gone a week without his emails? I don't, I don't even remember nope. when he first started. It, I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. It's been a while. <laughs> he says, wow, this is it, huh? It's too weird to think that this is the end. This show has been such a great ride for these years, and I don't know how to say goodbye. Over the seasons, this show has taken more on more and more complexity, and there's probably no way to wrap this show up neatly. I'm sure there will be a lot of critiques for the way these last few episodes handled the pacing of the different storylines, and they won't be wrong. At the same time, I'm not going to dwell on it. We got a resolution, and I think it, that it is plausible as any. Good, mostly triumphed. Evil, mostly was defeated. And our favorite couples got to be together at the end. We lost a lot of innocence here. It wouldn't be iZombie without a lot of heartache. I did like the various twists that Rob Thomas threw into the episode. The plain stewardess turning out to be the renegade sympathizer. Zombified Peyton, Ravi's cure switcheroo, all were nicely effective. Pretty satisfied with the whole Blaine Donnie well scene too, and seeing the literal ball and chain on Peyton cracked <laughs> me up more than it probably should have. Yeah, <laughs> love the little shout out to the Good Place, which has been my second favorite show for the last three years. I wonder if the final VR scene wasn't a bit of a Good Place homage to Janet's Void. And if you don't get that reference, then you know that what show you should be uh, start binging next. 
hey, mm-hmm. this is the last season of The Good Place too. Maybe we can get Rob and Diane to team up with Mike Schur on a crossover. It would be pretty easy, too. Rose McIver and Darcy Carden could play, basically play everyone in the cast. <laughs> yes, uh, Good Good Place is a great show, and uh, I will be sad when that leaves uh, uh, next yes. year, too. I just got my Janet costume fixed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, for a show, and got it- some more fresh. I got some more uh, more comfortable shoes. Oh, okay. For a show with an absurd premise that uh, attempted to make itself huge, iZombie never forgot its human side, and I'm glad we got that gift of just seeing our favorites talking and joking and being happy with each other for a brief while. These characters have always been a joy to watch, and letting us focus just on them. Made for a beautiful moment. I got to say that that is one thing about the virtual casting. There was nothing around them. It was just them interacting yeah. for the last couple of minutes. And that's yeah, which love. is the best part of the show. Yeah. Thank you for all your work on your podcast and for reading my ramblings week after week. It's been many years since I've been part of a fandom. And I'm so glad the two of you have been regular companions with this show. It's been a blast. All the best, Aww. Efrex. Thank you, Efrex. Oh, that our last Efrex email. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is so sad. This is like this is sadder to me than the show ended. Uh, our last emails from Efrex and Tim and <laughs> Dave. All right, three days. All right. Well, we finally made it. I'm not going to go into much detail. Just my general thoughts. Dang you, Rob! So many fake out deaths in this episode, but I was pleased to see our main cast made it through. And hallelujah. Live and Major finally together again. Yay! Yeah, I mean, so many goodbyes. Like, mm-hmm. th- those were fake outs, too. Like, I just felt like, oh, this is closure. This is the end. All right, Enzo finally got his comeuppance. And I love the idea of Donnie and Blaine spending the next few years going crazy in that well. <laughs> <laughs> now for the nitpicks. So many loose ends that were not wrapped up. This season had so much going on that even the finale, uh, even the this final episode forgot about. <laughs> what the heck was the whole point of the zombie hookers that were not even mentioned? Right. And Dolly plot seemed to just put her, pit her out. And people like General Mills are fine with the final solution we got. I seriously doubt they would be fine with a separate zombie colony. And was not the original intent. And was that, and was not that the original intent of Fillmore Grace? It was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was proposed in uh, season three. They were building it, and then, um, and then uh, Vivian Fillmore Graves went kaput. V- Vivian of. was killed, and and Chase took over and became more militant. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they would, they 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 proposed the idea that if they did locate all the zombies in one place, they. What's who's to stop the U.S. U.S. from uh, nuking that place and getting rid of zombies for good? So I think um, I think this new established zombie island um, is uh, set up now because without threat of nuke because uh, you know there's a zombie cure and it's cheap and affordable and uh, so zombies are not a threat. Don't get me started to think on this again. I'm going to ramble for another ten minutes. Uh, continue with Dave's email. <laughs> Okay, Dave says, I wish this season had been more focused. They tried to do some, they tried to do so much, which some just was not paid off in the best way. Killing Martin and switching to Enzo as the bad guy was just too late, and I never feared Enzo. So Enzo didn't have the gravitas. 
Well, I mean, Martin had a pretty scary entrance, whereas Enzo has been, you know, like I said, like just this, you know, guy with the comic funny accent relief. and the fun cat comic relief. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, definitely someone not to be trusted. Um, mm-hmm. it was just, like, I, I liked, I liked Enzo as the, the bad guy. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, season five was the weakest of the seasons, but still I'll take it. I wish they had not spent so much time in the virtual environment interview and spent it wrapping up some plot rather than talking about it. Mm. That's why I want my 90, 90 minute season finale. <laughs> yeah. More money, more money, more money. Yeah. So much uh, money for these guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, still love the show overall. It is one of my favorite series of all time. And the cast is utterly amazing. And, as said many times, Rose so deserves an Emmy for that char- for her character work. <laughs> so I have true. loved giving my thoughts the past few seasons and hearing Robin and Steph give their thoughts as well. Interesting to hear your impressions of the wrap-up, Dave. Yeah. Interested to hear. Sorry. Um, I hope you enjoyed them. Because <laughs> <laughs> we gave them. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Spent like two hours doing it. Um, we've got a couple of voicemails. I have like three of them. Um. The first is our good friend, uh, Jen, um, who um, says she forgot to mention that she was happy to see Chris Lowell in the finale. Um, and here's her voicemail. It's a little low. I'm going to try to play it through my mic. Jen, uh, since this is the last episode, I wanted to send in some feedback since I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Um, Thank you, Jen. I... To be honest, I've not caught up on the podcast, but I have watched what? this whole season of iZombie, and I think that I wasn't really motivated to send in feedback because I didn't really enjoy this season of iZombie as much as I have previous seasons. Um, so I didn't really have much to say, I don't think. I don't want to be negative all season, and I don't want to be the only person who's kind of down on the show, but... Overall, I just didn't really enjoy where they took the storyline with um, so many different factions. It was kind of hard to follow. It was kind of all over the place. And I don't know. I mean, I guess things wrapped up in the finale. I'm not totally sure. All my questions have been answered, but I don't have any desire to go back and rewatch and figure stuff out. So um, I think... Maybe my questions will go unanswered for a while, and that's okay. Um, In terms of the finale, I think overall it was good. It tried to wrap everything up. As I said, I still have a couple questions, but whatever. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I was disappointed with in the finale was I wanted a confrontation scene between Liv and Blaine. Um, I understand Donnie getting that moment of kind of triumphing, triumphing over Blaine and pushing him into the well, and that was great for his character. But as Fillmore Graves became the foe for Liv as Renegade over the past few seasons, and Blaine sort of was relegated to less of the main villain to kind of more of like a comic relief villain or a villain that they only brought in once in a while i missed the repartee that Liv had with bling so i would have liked a confrontation scene between them kind of hearkening back to some of their earlier season interactions um i just 
really loathe the character of Enzo. His cartoony French voice, like, made me want to turn off my TV. So, frankly, good riddance to him. I'm glad that Robbie and um, Major could use him to figure out the cure. As we all know, I just have a hard time sustaining my disbelief for the science stuff and since they made finding the cure such a huge part of this last season i think that was one of the main reasons in addition to the fillmore graves storylines or i guess not necessarily fillmore graves with major but all of the stuff with like the division within fillmore graves and enzo working to take you know divide the organization like that as well as the science stuff just really kind of took me out of the world and it, it was hard for me to sometimes get through episodes because I just really didn't like it um I think there are strong dramatic performances overall especially for like the core main cast dealing with some of the things that were happening in the world um I don't know if it's because I'm not American or whatever but like I don't I can turn on the news and see stuff about human trafficking and, and stuff like that. And I guess iZombie didn't start out as a show that was doing political commentary so much. And I just didn't really need that in my fantasy TV over the past two seasons. Um, I, I, like I said, I still enjoyed their performances, but just these past two seasons weren't that great for me. I don't, I'm definitely not someone who's clamoring for a reboot or a remake. It just ended. They gave us a 10 year epilogue. They wrap stuff up nicely. Um, I'm not sure if or when I'll rewatch this. I think, uh, you know, I still want to rewatch Veronica Mars. I can still see myself rewatching Veronica Mars. I don't really feel the need to, to rewatch Eye Zombie, um, based on these past two seasons. Um, but anyways, overall, I, I really enjoyed the, the the first couple years of the series. I loved your guys' podcast, being getting to be a part of that. Thank you so much for having me guest on it. Um, I really enjoyed your extra episodes with interviews and how you guys went above and beyond to, to produce great content for us. I'm excited to hear what you guys are covering next. And thanks again for, for all your hard work. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. There was something I was I was gonna say. Oh, but I can't remember. It was back in the middle. <laughs> what was it? After Enzo. Uh oh, 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 the cure. Yeah, suspen- suspension of disbelief when it comes to that's why I don't get wrapped up in the <laughs> rules of the cure because you know, I don't like medical stuff. Uh-huh. Because be- because there's like this uncanny valley between reality and stuff on television and if it can't be 100% accurate or real then I don't want to see it at all mm-hmm. so I keep like an arm's length distance between anything science or medical or whatever because it can't be 100% realistic so I don't yeah. want to like deal with it so I, I know what she's talking about. And really, you know, and I, I could definitely, uh, uh, you know, somewhat agree about the uh, not wanting to see the crap we see on the TV, the news all the time, be a part yeah. of our universe. It's, it's but, hard enough dealing with it. 
yeah, in the first I mean, place. But you know, I gotta say, you know, it's 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 like anybody's uh, creative work. You know, they they do what they want with it. When um, uh, Dear Leader uh, became our president, uh, uh, I'm. I'm sure the writer's room was a little shook and starting in the third season, they really started writing to, to that and their frustrations with what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, we see other people doing that too. I hate, I hate having these, uh, these isms from real life be a part. I mean, you know, I cringe when I hear the words, you know, fake news or whatever. Um, and you know how that's used, but I, I gotta say my, I'm, I, my frustration with that. Um, kind of like uh, uh, maybe even appreciate what they were trying to do with this show more than I would have if it was just like straight up fantasy zombie show. Um, mm-hmm. If you want, you know, fantasy zombie show, you know, procedural. Uh, there's a couple of a couple of seasons uh, to begin with, and also, you know, they had their case of the week stuff that didn't uh, involve. Fillmore Graves or or anything about the new Seattle. Um, just the way the world was changed because of that. Um, yeah. I hear a lot of people say, you know, uh, I get tired of everything being so political. Yeah. And sometimes it's not political. I mean, this kind of is, sometimes it's just like, that's people's lives. Right. <laughs> It's not politics, it's people's lives. But, I mean, I understand what she said and the references, the the analogies to things that are going on, like our drug. She lives in Canada. She doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't – yeah, she might not care about that as much. She might get tired of hearing about it. Um, Yeah. I get get to a point where I'm like, I don't even want to watch anything anymore. You know, everything's commenting on Somebody not being able to afford insulin is sad enough. Yeah. I don't want to know about it. But like, you know, I can speak – you know, we had uh, had one of the writers, uh, Sara Saidi, on our podcast and she is a a woman that lived as an illegal immigrant for quite a while. Um, She's, you know, now a citizen of the U.S. But she wrote a whole book about it called Americanized as being a teenage girl living in fear. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't help but be affected by what has made you. And I think, you know, you yeah. know, Rob and Diane and, uh, you know, the rest of them uh, really um, saw what was going on around them and it kind of affected the way they made things. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, but I think you're, you're compl- it's not like you're wrong about having that reaction. You might not just, that just mm-hmm. not, not want me be what you want to hear. So, mm-hmm. gosh, um, <laughs> there was one Netflix show and I forget what it was. It was something about uh, something that came out in the past year about some sort of school and it seemed like magic or horror was involved. And in the trailer, they said something about, uh, oh, we hear this. This is a school for magic or something. And then the girl reacts well, he's, and, and says, well, that's just fake news. And I was like, I'm not watching that show immediately. I just was like, no, they're putting that in the trailer. Like, uh, yeah. No. And it just disgusted me. So I can understand yeah. having that reaction because like, where I like accepted it for iZombie, to... I completely was like, nope, about the other show. Yeah. <laughs> like we shouldn't take that term and help boost it. Yeah. We shouldn't give it a boost. Yeah. We should let that die. But, I mean, if you can see this, it, they're not using that term in this show to make more than a commentary on it rather than just being part of normal dialect, which I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a, some sort of political allegory, political commentary in this other Netflix uh, magic school show or something. But uh, uh-huh. it's like The Order or something. I don't know, I forget. 
Uh-huh. Um, we have a couple more voicemails, and then we're going to get some more emails. And, uh, yeah, I'm so happy that uh, people are still listening. If they are, they they will appreciate that compliment. Uh, <laughs> here is uh, – this is our last voicemail from Jeff. Jeff! X-Force 11. Uh. Hello, Robin and Steph and I, zombie fans. This is Jeff, X-Force 11, leaving my feedback about the season and series finale. I truly enjoyed this episode. I thought the twist and the turns were good. I personally liked the 10-year-later jump. I enjoyed getting to see where our cast of characters were, at least virtually 10 years later. I will say that I was a little disappointed because I did not get to watch until Friday, and I follow Allie on Instagram, and there was a picture of her getting her zombie makeup done. I mean, come on, Allie. I love you, but one day away and you're spoiling people. Come on. But Mm. I truly thought that this was a good end. It was a a really feel-good end, and I don't mind. I love our characters, and I love the journey that iZombie has taken us on over the years. And so I'm really happy to see it closed out this way. Thank you, Robin and Steph, for all the wonderful podcasts, all these seasons, and all the hard work that you put into doing the podcast and getting great interviews with the creators and cast of the show. Thank you so much, and X-Force 11 out. Oh, we're appreciated. And Robin, I just want to say thank you for all that you do because, like, I just sit here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do anything. You line up these interviews and make out questions and, <sighs> you know. I, I'm going to say you I'm, do, I'm. You take all the notes. You do a lot of work for this podcast. I do very little work. <laughs> it's a pressure cooker. And uh, I got to say, as much as I love it, I'm also looking forward to kind of getting out of the pressure cooker for a while. I'm going to miss it, though. I'm going to really miss yeah. it. And uh, I think eventually I'm going to get yanked back into another new show and uh, call you up and be like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) The Nevers. Yeah, yeah, the Nevers or something like that, yeah. (laughs) Here's our last voicemail. This is actually from Nutty. Hello, Robin and Steph. This is New Chess. And, yeah, I've been a little quiet this season, mostly because I've been watching the episodes a little too close to when you record them. But. I am very happy with the way everything ended. It did not go the way that I expected. Um, was it too happy, cutesy, schmaltzy in the end? Um, maybe. Uh, did we <laughs> think that we advanced our technology a lot more in 10 years? Yeah, they could have done something <laughs> other than that virtual whatever. But I'm happy with the way things ended, especially after watching the end of Veronica Mars. I am pretty happy with how this ended. I think that we got all the tension and the emotional feeling of what happens if some of our favorite characters die because we also, um, you know, got to see them experience what it is and what losing those people would push them to do. Uh, Ravi was ready to kill. Liv did kill. 
um, you know, and, and all of those things. And I love the whole Major's message of when he's making his decisions, what does he do? He thinks, what would Lou? And I just thought that was awesome. We get our end game of Liv and Major together. Uh, Major and Ravi are still like best buds right up to the end. And I think, I think what I like about this show more than anything is it shows how important friendships are, more important than romantic relationships even. And yeah. that the primary relationship of friendship is the most important and and how without those relationships none of these people would be where they are and even clive getting all the way to the point that you know he's he's ready to do everything for these people as well i love that he and dale are together i love that they are working kind of like the idea because i was wondering what happens to the zombies that were you know dying if they get cured wouldn't those illnesses come right back and now we have an answer so sure I, I'm in. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I am so happy that Rob and Diane gave us this, that uh, they adapted it the way that they did. And I'm super happy. And I will, of course, be continuing to listen to We Don't Want to Wait, but I will miss this podcast. So thank you for Aww. being out there in the forefront podcasting about it throughout the entire series and getting all the guests that you did. I mean, that was really awesome. And uh, we got to hear from the people involved what they thought about it. And it really does sound like everybody loved working on this show. So thank you for all of that. Bye, zombie. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nick. And, and, you know, uh, I have to also thank her. You know, um, we went through a panic attack uh, at the beginning, uh, or in, in mid season one, I think. Uh, and uh, I talked to her about, you know, helping out, figuring out how to serve our episodes out. And, uh, and she was very helpful with that as well. So, um, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's just just uh, great, great friendships. Um, I'll always, I, I will always uh, uh, just love these characters and love and miss their friendships. And I, you know, unlike uh, you know maybe Jen, I, I'm definitely going to be revisiting the show again and again because I'm going to miss these people. And uh, you know, I've talked for hours and hours and hours about them, so uh, it, it's definitely, sure, definitely a, a part of my life. <laughs> So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm emotionally attached to these people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, anytime we're gonna hear somebody's name come up in a movie coming up or a TV show, we're gonna definitely be like, "Hey, whoa, gotta see that." Oh, definitely. All right, let me read. Go watch. Go watch me some Robert Buckley Hallmark movies. <laughs> Dar- Darren in his email actually mentions that, so uh, I'll get All to right. him. <laughs> Finally, had some time to watch the final episode. What a finale! First, the flight crew recognizing Liv and helping them get back was nice and about the least pressure-packed part of the episode. I figured Collins would remain loyal to Major and help in any way she could. Killing Ames and helping Major with Intel and Max Rager was going to be her end when Enzo found out, and she did it anyway. Dolly killing her son like that showed how much the character no longer cared about someone she was supposed to protect. We don't know what happened to her, but I hope she got hers. Peyton organizing the escape for the kids shows how truly badass she can be. Blaine scratching her to save her after she was shot shows how shallow he can be. I'm sure he can. He, he thought he would be able to win her back with that gesture, but I love how it backfired on him. Peyton having a vision and telling Donnie what has happened to Dar- Darcy was quite satisfying to me. Donnie pushing him down the well where he dropped Angus was poetic justice. 
I felt Liv throwing that rock at Donnie was something I may not have done as a writer, but I do think it's fitting they'll be together as uh, forever. Robbie giving the cure to Enzo was a nice twist and an interesting way to end the war. A major waking up and realizing what had happened offered a lighthearted moment in the middle of a lot of darkness. Who didn't see Clive and Dale having a daughter and naming her Olivia? <laughs> I love that, by the way. Um, the final scene, I felt, was a nice way to end the series on. Having them all catch up 10 years down the road through VR with the setup they had making it seem like they were all in the same room was touching. And the final joke with Liv saying, all it takes is a scratch, felt just right. Being that far into the future, though, I would like to have heard if the treatments for Evan worked out or if he decided he needed to be scratched. I posted on Facebook earlier this week about possibly having just enough strings loose for a reboot on a streaming service in the future. I don't know if it'll happen, and this was a satisfying end, but I do think with Clive out of Seattle, they could think of some multi-state jurisdictional case to set up in the future. It doesn't ha- if it doesn't happen, though, I'm good with how it ended. I look forward to seeing how all these actors in their future endeavors, but my tolerance for sappy Christmas movies is extremely low. So don't expect me to be excited about a Christmas Prince or Robert's Hallmark channel Christmas movie. Darren. (laughs) Uh, You can watch it ironically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or drunkenly like we will be watching Christmas (laughs) Prince. Uh, Do you want to read uh, Maddie's? Maddie. Maddie. Maddie, uh, Part of uh, Team Rewatch, by the way. Uh, we wa- we rewatched the series on Rabbit, uh, on the Rabbit uh, website uh, before the season began. And she was awesome and showed up for a lot of it. And uh, I, it's so funny because Rabbit just got shut down. <laughs> Why? It was like acquired by Live or something like that. I, I haven't looked into it, but it's so funny wow. that this, web, this terrible website that we were trying so hard to uh, use to, to stream this uh, show ended up getting to start, shut down. <laughs> anyway. Oh, good times. All right. Maddie says, hello, Robin and Steph. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> The time has come to say goodbye to this amazing show and talented cast. Rob Thomas delivered a finale that was stressful yet rewarding at the same time. So here are my thoughts. Loved seeing Peyton as a zombie, even if the thought of her dying was just too much for my poor heart. And judging by your live blog, our poor poor hearts. Oh, yeah. I nearly, I had like three heart attacks during the episode. It was uh, ridiculous. (laughs) While I wasn't too happy with Blaine not dying in the finale at the hands of Liv, I think the poetic justice angle was a better end to his character arc. Good point. Mm. He got away with so many things, and knowing he'll have a fate worse than death is simply fantastic. True. Donnie deserved better, though. No. Did he? No. Did he? Nope. Did he? Did he, though? (laughs) Uh, same goes for Enzo's death. I'm so sad that Collins had to die, but she had one of the best lines in the episode right before she died. And if she killed Ames because she believed in Major, I'm certain she killed Hobbs first for being a snake. There you go. There's a, there's a little bit of canon finally patched up. Uh, where did Hobbs <laughs> go? Not with Shaw, but uh, Joyce just murdered <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so glad Ravi got his chance to shine in the finale in such a badass way, just straight up laughing in Enzo's face. Yeah. <laughs> Team Rager in game had some memorable <laughs> and tender moments. One of the things I love about Clive, Ravi, and Major is that the writers let them be emotional and vulnerable. This show never went to toxic 
never went the toxic masculinity route, and I'm grateful for it. Mm. Maddie, you need to have your own podcast. I would (laughs) listen to it. (laughs) As a supporter of all the bank couples, but especially especially live in major, I was one of the first people that pitched the ship name Live Lily Moore instead of Live Jor. Live Jor. Back in the day, the same way Robin always tried to make Charles Carbarty happen. It's easier to pronounce than you make it seem. Seeing them finally together as zombies made me happy. These two characters went through so much and found their way back to each other. And in both cases, being a zombie brought a new meaning to their lives. So I'm glad both decided to stay that way. Hopefully they both call their mothers from time to time to let them know they're okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even think about that. (laughs) Me and my, yeah, call all of their mothers. Yes. (laughs) Me and my friend Katie... Uh, at Veronica Logan on Twitter, think she that if that <laughs> huh? she got that handle, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, she snatched that up real quick. Wow, think that if a, a zombie movie were to be con- crowdfunded, it would take place between the suicide bomb explosion and the 10, ten year time sh- skip. Mr. Boss would be the big bad, we'd mm. uh, see how. Seattle rebuilt itself as a community and how the core five kept in touch through all those years. Oh, and how the government stopped Riley and the Andrew sisters from starting a zombie apocalypse. Oh, that. <laughs> oh, that plot hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> the mention of Liv sightings in the finale makes me think that Liv is still out there doing her renegade work. Maybe she's still working alongside Curtis, Major and those and their foster kids to help those who need it. We'll never know. Oh, what happened to Curtis? You don't even remember oh, yeah. who Curtis is. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay, Curtis. Good. Yeah, uh, Curtis uh, was back in season. Started in season four. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember Curtis. Okay. Uh. And that's about it. Thank you for reading my long episode reviews and for bringing so much joy to the fandom. Love, Maddie. Additional note, your closing skits were the best. (laughs) Thank you, Maddie. Finally, somebody acknowledges (laughs) Wait, what? Closing skits? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) We will never forget the great battle (laughs) of Steph and the CW executive, Fish included. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, I'm gonna! I'm laugh crying. Yeah, <sighs> I think that's the uh, Yippee Kaye Mother Scratcher uh, <laughs> uh, skit. So, thank you. Those are really fun to uh, pull together, um, <laughs> and uh, very. That was a, it was a it was like very fun to pull together. A lot of stress involved too, trying to figure out like how do I make a skit out of this episode? Uh, I have no idea. I think you're writing. That was a good exercise for your writing skills, and it was good exercises for our acting. I think we've become better actors. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Much like uh, Robbie Clive and Peyton on the mm-hmm. <laughs> America the Virtual. All right. This next one's from uh, Sandy, who is a uh, Twitter friend of at, at iZombie Podcast. They have uh, – she has a, uh, a Twitter called at uh, ILFAL. Uh, underscore com, which is I lie for living.com, which is a uh, big David Anders uh, uh, fan site. So mm. um, they've been uh, them and like Rose McIver source and daily Raul Coley. Th- th- those are, those are my, 
those are my uh, Twitter buds uh, that I talk to a lot. So uh, she wrote in and says, uh, you guys asked for our opinion that would ask that you would edit, edit out the messy part. So here's some of my thoughts in the finale of iZombie. Yeah, I said, I said, write whatever you want. We'll, we'll edit it out if it gets messy and uh, I'll see what we got here. Uh, I'm probably just going to read this in whole. I've discovered the series only when it showed up on Netflix here in Germany in 2017 with season one. So I have been aboard the zombie train for not too long, but the characters all grew very dear to me. The day I started watching it, I was chained to a bed with a very high fever. The moment Blaine arose from the dissecting table in the morgue for the first time, I was already head over heels fascinated. I zombie talked the whole zombie topic so very differently from all those other zombie series and movies. Our characters here at depth use their brains instead of just eating them, and overall, their undead hearts seem to have a beat, have a beat still. For their families and friends, for the inhabitants of New Seattle, and or for what seemed mattered simply mattered the most for them. I will miss iZombie from the bottom of my heart because we had a cast of beautiful, act- uh, brilliant actors who are probably also beautiful uh, faces we had seen before on TV before. Yeah, sorry. This is uh, the end of uh, a long recording, but let me try mm-hmm. this again. Faces we had seen on TV before showed how much talent and potential they have more than anyone did Rose by portraying a different character every single episode for five whole years. I mean, I think Tatiana Manzlani when I think of Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she only played like seven characters throughout her, <laughs> her five seasons. And it's like Rose, uh, Rose has done even like so much more. Um, David showed the world he is not only the most brilliant evil genius when it comes to villains, but also has a voice to kill for. Mm-hmm. We had Raul Coley, whom I never heard of before, but totally knocking it off the roof every week. And I will definitely follow his career from now on. Ravi was a character that seemed to have been written exactly for this guy. I could continue forever on this point, but that would go too far. I simply wanted to point out this cast managed to combine old stagers from the business with almost newbies, and together they made an outstanding show come to life. The writers did an amazing job with the storyline, especially for that final episode. I've barely ever seen a series finale that managed to tie all still open out so well and spotlight all the figures again that we fans wanted to see for the last time and know what happened to them. Even if I got to admit, it really broke my heart to see so many of them die. I love that our heroes got a happy ending and our villains didn't end up so well. Haha. <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> At times, the episode felt a bit rushed, but then we only had 40 minutes to conclude to an ending that satisfies the viewers, so I felt impressed with how well it was done. Well, um, the... Ten years fast forward with new technologies and cyber meetings was a very smart move to still include a what happened to our heroes when we almost didn't expect to hear how it all continued. And what a move to make us believe Rose is dead till it was revealed we got our Lily Moore endgame. In general, I mean, you guys have been following my tweets. This episode made me hold my breath more than once and use three packages of tissues. Is Peyton dead? Is Robbie going to die? What about Major? Where the heck is Liv? Almost all our heroes seem at the verge of disasters, yet ended up happily ever after. And I love that. I don't know why the line to be or not to be keeps popping up in my head every time I think about Blaine's ending. He always wanted to be someone. Someone rich. Someone famous. Someone in the game. He never wanted to be someone nice. Someone caring. Someone kind. Yet the fact he turned Peyton into a zombie before she could die kind of showed that Peyton was the only woman he ever really fell for. 
Blaine has long been overdue to get his payback. Then he got backstabbed by Donnie after killing his fiance. Did not surprise me, but it was a great move regardless. Donnie used to be the only person Blaine could call someone close to a friend before feelings like greed and envy destroyed it all. And that in the end, Blaine ended in the well he held his own father captive in for so long was the most bitter turn of it all for me. Blaine ended where the person he hated the most ended, and Donnie ended with the person he hates the most forever. I will miss iZombie more than any other series before and probably rewatch on a regular basis because the series has brought me to conventions. It's made me travel, meet a bunch of new friends and parts of our dear cast. It brought me in contact with so many amazing fan pages and creative projects such as you guys from the podcast. It made me curious in all all of David Andrews' works. And due to Blaine, I built I Lie for a Living. This series made me more open-minded, more caring, and more confident person. And after all, it simply made me manage to make me cry, laugh, and entertain me like no other show like it before. Farewell, Z-Squad. For some, it was just an entertaining series. For me, it truly meant a new chapter in my own life as well. To end this email, I also wanted to once again thank you guys for your endless hard and dedicated work, for giving us all these interesting insights and background, your thoughts, your time. You've always been with us on this journey, all of us fans. You brought us a bit closer to what made iZombie iZombie. And you simply have my never-ending respect for how dedicated and outstandingly well you managed this project all this time. It was always entertaining to follow you guys around, no matter if on Twitter or your own travels to even meet the cast or the podcast. Thank you for everything you've done. And please always stay the way you are. Really burningly passionate people with a heart of gold for the fans. Loads of love from Germany. Sandy. And that's from com. Thank you, Sandy. Oh, thank you, Sandy. Oh. That was uh, beautiful. <laughs> Super sweet. Uh, all right. We only got a couple more of these. And then I got something to say. So, Zoe? Zoe? You want me to read Zoe's? Yep. Ooh, hi, guys, and Rob. I would like to say thank you to Rob Thomas for a fantastic show that I've watched. Oh, this might be for five years. This might be kind of geared towards uh, the next uh, All right, interview. All right, wait on that one. No, no, go ahead and read it. I'll just, if there are any questions for Rob, I'll, I'll kind of glean them out of here. But he wasn't joining us for the actual finale talk. That's maybe what uh, Zoe might be thinking. But go ahead. Uh, first, I would like to say thank you to Mr. Rob Thomas for a fantastic show that I have watched for the past five years on Netflix UK, and I have found very enjoyable with an excellent cast. Not to mention yet again that the show has introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons before Stranger Things, mm-hmm. <laughs> before I started Stranger Things. Yeah. So she saw Dungeons and Dragons here, bleh, dragons here first. <laughs> uh, the finale was good for me, and it was great to see the teacher kill... Enzo after what he did to his boyfriend as I would have done the same. <laughs> I got two shocks out of it. Peyton's supposed supposed death and the flash forward. Way to go with the 10 years flash forward. Completely pulled the rug under me. I enjoyed seeing Donnie pushing Blaine in the well after finding out what he did. But seriously, wouldn't he have just stayed off of the well instead of being down there with the murderer? <laughs> Those are my highlights of the finale, but for the show as a whole, underrated TV, and it's fantastic, and it's okay. and it's finest with fantastic creators and cast. Oh, and if you think I forgot Ravi, I did not. After seeing him in episode one, I knew I was going to like it, but then after his fight with Blaine for the infamous drug that has some how escaped me turned into love 
for this man's acting and how far he is willing to go for the cure of zombieism. I know. I love Rose acting. Oh, yeah. I, I admire it. Like, I mean, I, I hate to say even more than Rose because it's completely different. It's a it's different, different situation. Yeah. yeah. But I would can't wait to see Rose and different things. Yeah, the uh, drug that uh, they were fighting over, by the way, was a zombie killer. Uh, uh, Ravi was trying to make a zombie cure and ended up making a zombie killer. And uh, Blaine was like, ooh. And then they fought over it because Ravi was like, nope, and, and destroyed it. So that's what that yep. fight was about. Right. Roe is a very talented man who should get a lot of recognition for his work in this series alone. Same can be said for Rose, but honestly, she is award-winning potential. All of them are. They really are. They are. They're, that casting director did an excellent job. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for the podcast and the skits. <laughs> Sorry? What skits? Uh, no idea. <laughs> get those nummy brains <laughs> from Zoe Rabbit in the UK. P.S. I haven't seen Kit Turton since Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show where he was played, uh, where he was played a teenager teenage goth bully when i was about nine when i was nine but of course i wasn't really paying much attention so i completely forgot about him and then bang there he is saying the best lines in my favorite i zombie episode 20 sided die and i started watching the show when rose and david anders were on once upon a time and i must say i got more out of it here than in storybook storybrook where they have a big plot hole problem than a then a potholes problem? <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, Zoe. Thanks, That's Zoe. Yeah, I never finished Once Upon a Time. Um, yeah. I mean, it was it was a good show that you could just jump in and out of. Mm-hmm. And I jumped out and never jumped back in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this, is, uh, this came in under the wire this morning from Stacy, someone else we haven't heard from before. Uh, Stacy says... I'm a little sad that this will be your last iZombie weekly podcast. I listened to them all, plus some of your other podcasts we don't want to wait, like Smallville and Veronica Mars. I don't think there could be another show like iZombie that can mix so many different genres so well. I enjoyed the last episode, even though it was a little cheesy how well everything was wrapped up, but also glad we didn't get a Veronica Mars ending. I was worried for a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great seeing Chris Lowell, another Veronica Mars alum, make it into this episode. There's not too much bad to say about this episode since almost everything ended the way we wanted. The bad guys lost, good guys won. There was also some political parallels drawn as to what's going on in the country right now with immigrants. Can't we just get along and find a way for everyone to live side by side? I can't wait to see Rose, what Rose, Malcolm, Raul, Robert, David, Bryce, and the rest of this talented ensemble do next. I'll definitely watch it. Thanks for taking the time out of your last five years to give us more insight into the show. I hope you keep your other podcast going for many more years to come. Thanks, Stacy. Yeah. Our next month. Yes, Stacy. Join us for Gilmore Girls. <laughs> we don't want to wait. We'll be talking about Gilmore Girls for uh, you know, many months. Another year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's it for the feedback. Gosh, thank you so much, uh, people, for all the feedback um, over the years. Uh, amazing. Amazing. And, uh, um, I just now want to get out as we approach our three hour mark of the podcast, uh, <laughs> want to get a little self-reflective and uh, um, read something that I wrote up uh, uh, last night. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, I, w- I want to say the stuff uh, that uh, we, we always joke about how much notes I took. 
So uh-huh. when I finished writing notes for uh, this finale, I decided to add up all the notes I've taken in you know the Google Sheets. I've saved them all. Uh huh. I've written six hundred and two pages of notes for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not just the inter- that, that that the interviews don't even count in that. That's just a, that's just episode by episode. Mm. Also on Twitter. I've uh, tweeted or retweeted 15,700 tweets. Wow. Uh, so um, that, that's some fun stats. But here's here's some stuff I, I wrote, okay? <clears throat> and I'm sorry for going on and on, but um, this is this is it for the podcast, so I, I, I can't help it. Uh, it was right around this time, five years ago, when a scrappy new Rob Thomas show was teased with a cast panel at San Diego Comic-Con. They had a screening of the pilot planned, but it was canceled due to recasting. Originally, Alexandra Krosny was playing Peyton, but when Ali Machaka got the role, they had to reshoot the Peyton scenes. I wasn't there, but I read a lot about iZombie. I had recently binged through all of Veronica Mars, and I was ready for more Rob Thomas content. Also, mm-hmm. I heard that David Anders was in this show, and I loved him mm-hmm. on Alias. What a crazy concept, though. A zombie procedural. A zombie who solves crimes by eating the brains of murder victims. Now, I heard of Malcolm Goodwin... Uh, from the Prison Break spinoff, Breakout Kings. I read a quote from Robert Buckley, someone I'd never heard of, who was playing the boyfriend with the wacky name Major Lillywhite. And he said, quote, that he was the Daniel Day-Lewis of mediocre acting. (laughs) (laughs) I saw photos of this guy, Rel Coley, whose character of Liv's fellow morgue examiner originally was seen as a much older man. But this guy had the greatest hair. (laughs) And was very funny. I read quotes about how Liv Moore is a more positive character, where Veronica Mars is a bit more cynical, that this show is going to be more Buffy than Veronica Mars anyway. These things intrigued me. This was a show I was definitely going to check out and watch week to week. I was, at the time, in a rut. I had just left the podcast that I had started, which turned out to be a bad idea. I was also on a podcast with Steph that seemed to be on an eternal hiatus. In both of these podcasts, I was introducing friends to shows I love dearly. But since I knew the shows, there really weren't any surprises to it other than the reactions I'd get. I wanted to do a podcast for a show that was on a tele- on television currently, but I wanted to get in at the ground level. I wanted to help build a fan community. I wanted to be excited and surprised. I wanted to get deeply invested in relationships and theorize about where a story arc was going. I wanted to be the fan for once. So when I heard about it as zombie, I thought, this is exactly what I was looking for. And as it turned out, I wasn't wrong. Uh, so after that panel... I started planning. There's my kids in the other room. I created a Twitter account, a Facebook group, and a page, and got the ball rolling on getting some help designing a logo and building an RSS feed. And then finally, I started thinking about getting a co-host. And that's when I reached out to Steph. Uh, so for our, I hear we do skits. Uh, mm-hmm. For our skit today, it's now showing up in our email for you to open. I'm, I want us to read a conversation from our Google Hangouts chat from August 22nd, 2014 <laughs> at 10.23 a.m. Let me know when you have the, uh, the script open. Okay, go ahead. Want to join a new podcast I'm starting? Oh, Lord, what is it? Doing one for Rob Thomas's show, iZombie. Sure, let's do it. LOL, awesome. You have no idea what we're doing, but you're totally up for it. What network? CW. Yup. Just tell me what to do. You're the best. (laughs) 
let's have fun with a zombie show. It'll be nice to talk to you on a weekly basis. I want to do a regular podcast about it. I want to do news discussion, a spoiler section at the end. I want it to be a safe place for people involved in the show to stop by and plug it. I want to get new fans to go on our podcast as the show to go and talk iZombie. Rose McIver. I like her in Masters of Six. David Anders. Oh, yes. Mr. Sark. So glad you're up for this. I know. I can't wait. I started an iZombie Twitter account, and I already have an actor and a writer from the show following us. What's the Twitter handle? iZombie Podcast. <laughs> Morgan got a snowball mic for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to try it out. Oh, I better run. Gotta go to the what was that? <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> I gotta go to the chiropractor. <laughs> we'll chat more soon. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's how a podcast is born, people. <laughs> Here we are, five years later, our podcast being a modest success, but something I'll always be proud of. We had so much fun watching this show. David Anders created one of my favorite villains, as I was sure he would from the start. We fell in love with Rose McIver, an actress I will now follow to the end of her career. Just an amazing, talented, beautiful pixie that needs all the awards thrown at her. Um, as well as the rest of the cast, the awesome Raul Coley, who uh, joined us to talk Virtual Reality Bites back in Season 1 and has been so supportive to us on Twitter. Uh, Robert Buckley, who joined us on the podcast live from the set back in Season 2. Uh, Ali Machaka, who put on an awesome con- concert that I went to and Steph met with Rose at Dragon Con. <laughs> mm. um, and Malcolm Goodwin, who I was chatting to about getting on the podcast this season, but he must have gotten too busy. But I got to say that he, Rose, and Raul welcomed me with open arms when I visited during the uh, filming of Filet to Rest. And heck, the entire crew was all super nice to me in the middle of their work day. And I'll never forget that. That was an incredible experience. And if I haven't gotten self-indulgent enough, here's what I get really self-indulgent because I can't, <laughs> I can't end this podcast without thanking the other people from the show that I guested with us. Okay. So here we go. People that have guested with us, uh, for actors, uh, Molly Hagan, who played Eva, uh, Alex Ponovic, who played Julian, Debs Howard, who played Steph, um, the other Steph, uh, uh-huh. Leanne Lapp, who played Rita Gilda, Natalie Farrow, who played Ginger, Anisha Chimmer, who played Patrice. Ava Fry, who played Tatum, Nemo Cartwright, who played Crybaby Carl, Aaron Craven, who played Dr. Saxon, Carrie Ann Fleming, who played Candy, and John Emmett Tracy, who played Enzo Lambert, as well as uh, editor uh, Viet Nguyen, um, and writers, oh God, writers, Iana Wright, uh, Iana White, excuse me, uh, John Bellina, Chelsea Catalanato, Graham Norris, Sara Saidi, who sent me a framed drawing of Ravi, by the way. Um, Bob Dearden, who earned an entire gold suit and gave us so many hours of his time, and we just wish like, the best of luck to him in the Cobra Kai writer's room. Uh, executive producers, Dan Etheridge, who was the reason I got to, to visit the set of iZombie. Uh, Diane Ruggiero Wright, who actually checked in on me after the finale. Uh, which is, what? yeah, she sent an email asking if we were all right, <laughs> I'll let Aww. you see it, uh, which, uh, which really, I mean, that's the first in my life, just watching a finale and being like, Oh my God. And then having the, the one of the creators like going, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And finally, Rob Thomas, who talked with us for a while, 
back in season two uh, for like a whole hour. And I can't wait to talk to him on Friday night. If you have a question for Rob, please email izombiepodcast at gmail.com. So that's 13 actors and 10 behind the camera people that joined us. So that's pretty crazy, huh? That's amazing. Good job, Robin. Uh, I want to thank Illyrio, who provided us with storage and an RSS feed so you could all hear us after the nightmare we went through when we were first starting. Um, I want to thank the fans of our podcast and the iZombie community. There are too many to shout out, but the folks we interact with in the feedback section and the amazing and creative people on Twitter and Facebook. I want to especially thank you, the listener, uh, even the quiet ones in the back that join us week to week, just download and listen and don't really you know, send in feedback or anything. I mean, I see the numbers, and uh, so I know you're out there. I just really want to give a special thanks to you. And um, finally, I want to thank uh, you, Steph. Um, you've been so supportive to me. You're always up for my wacky ideas, and you've been a great friend to me for years. And just like from the bottom of my anxiety-ridden heart, I, I, I thank you. <laughs> This has been a blast. Uh, I know we're we're great podcasting partners. Yeah, how do we how do we ever give us up? Um, so yeah, it's so weird to end a podcast. I know, and it's one weird. one that we began like a show that we started at the beginning and watched all the way to the end. Not a show that's already been on the air, but an actual show we watch live week to week. Yeah, wow, <sighs> um, we did it. I, did you did you want to say anything else? Um, uh, just uh, I agree. Uh, cosign what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Um, stay subscribed to our podcast for one final interview with uh, Rob Thomas. And uh, those who want to check back in with us in December, we'll be drinking and celebrating the holidays with a Christmas Prince 3 commentary, you know, where we finally get what I predicted in the Christmas 2 drunken commentary, a Christmas baby. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and if you want to stay in touch with us, uh, we're on Twitter at L Robinero and at Steph Smith. Um, we host a binge watch show called We Don't Want to Wait, which we'll be getting into the Gilmore Girls in the fall, like we've been saying. Uh, I host a funny three-day-a-week show with my friends Derek and Sheena called Round 3. And I'm also hosting a podcast with my friend Len uh, starting in the fall uh, called Fright Night Minute, which is a minute-by-minute podcast about the 1985 movie Fright Night. And so that's right up your alley. Uh, Feel free to uh, check that out when it comes out in the fall. Um, I think it's uh, at Fright Night Min on on Twitter. But uh, definitely, if you love us... Um, if you love listening to us and, uh, we do appreciate you listening, we are going to be, um, on Twitter at, we don't want to wait. And that's the, that's the podcast. We'll be watching Gilmore girls and we've watched uh, several series at this point. Um, and all that archives or wherever you find your podcasts, but. And I'll be traveling around. So if you're anywhere near me and we can meet up. Oh yeah. Give me a holla. Steph will be at Dragon Con meeting all the zombie people. Uh, uh-huh. you know, All the, every single one of them. We will uh, we will definitely be posting um, pictures of you with all of them on social media, uh, so people see. Because um, I've seen my Vancouver pictures enough, they should see your Dragon Con pictures too. <laughs> so, yes. oh my God, what do we say? Uh, bye, bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, bye, what zombie. do we say? Bye, zombie. Bye, bye zombie. <laughs> Live to the max.
Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in three, two, one, go. Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at L. Robin Yarrow. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash D. Sheehan. Check out our other podcasts. You can listen to us binge watch through great shows like Dawson's Creek, Smallville, Veronica Mars, and When I Zombie Ends, Gilmore Girls. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated. And the only payment we ask are your kind words. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Seth. And we're done. You think anyone's still listening? Oh, they totally are. Bye, zombie. Live forever! Live forever!